I I am back. Have you started the stream? I yes, the stream is now start. The stream the stream And I'm your second host. Oh. <laughs> Captain Carol. That's right. <laughs> Man, did, did you hear did you did you hear that little ah as I realized you were starting the stream? No, I did not. Oh yeah. Like literally you're like and um uh, okay, good. OBS is working, and I can start this stream now. And I'm sitting here in my chair, and I go, ah! And I do, like, a little shimmy down the hall, like, in flip-flops, like, <laughs> running as fast as flip-flops on a hardwood floor will let me. <laughs> I grab a can of White Claw, r run the shimmy run back as fast as my f little flip-flops will let me. At no point did I take off the flip-flops <laughs> because I could run faster without them. Of course, um, of course. And I come back and I'm, I I set down the can and then I think to myself, wait, no, I only have one can. I need to make sure the stream is going. <laughs> Alejo, have you started the stream mm. yet? And you're like, yes. And I'm like, oh. So <laughs> I, I grab the can and I hold it up to the mic. And I'm like trying to get my <laughs> finger to pop the tab. And like it's slipping. And then fi fi finally, like the the like the pad of mm. my finger passes the the um the tab hmm. but my nail does not oh. oh and it starts to hurt mm. and then i think <laughs> okay i have two choices i can either salvage the bit as best as i can right. and pull this tab <laughs> with like the strength of my nail which will hurt a lot a lot <laughs> Mm. Or I can try again and probably fail another six times in right. a row. Right. Um, and so I elected to do the option that hurt a lot. <laughs> well, let me tell you, it wasn't and, worth it because it didn't go through Discord. And, oh, <laughs> oh, I'm I'm so sorry. It didn't. It didn't oh. go through it at all, and I I'm sorry to have spoiled everything for you. All right, but, all right, all right. I'm going back case. on. I'm mm. going back on hiatus. You know what? That is fair. Okay. <laughs> this hiatus was far shorter. I I appreciate that. Thank that you. That was a very mild car wreck. <laughs> More of a speed bump, really. Yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> by the way, hello, Mario. <laughs> by the way, hello, Mario. Um, well, it's good to have you back, um, friend. <laughs> yes, it is good to be back. Um, my food is here, actually. Yeah, go now. get it. Go get it. You're um, good I, to have you back. Food. Bye. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I did really did not feel like cooking tonight Absolutely. and was just... Uh, more more so over than I did, wanted to not cook. I wanted like poke. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So <sighs> I gotta go. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll be here when you return. Mm. Um. So oh, really? since it didn't work for him, it'll work for me. <laughs> of course. Because <laughs> I was. Why speaking. did you do that while he was gone? <laughs> I. You know. I. I just. I should have waited. You're right. But I wanted to drink my my. <laughs> Yeah. My monster coffee. What have so. you got? Monster? Mm-hmm. It's the uh yeah. it's that Java monster, like usual, the uh Ah caramel one. The what salted caramel one. 
Nice. Mm. Good stuff. Anyway, mm. hello, and welcome back to Table Talk Discussion and Discourse. Um, I, I, as always, am your host, Alejo, a.k.a. GreatOn95. Yeah, and since he's been, since he's gone, I, I'll be the second host this time. True. Um, technically, you did already say his little, little thing, but, uh. Oh, did he claim yeah, to be the way second before, host? Way before, but oh, you're good. It wow. was part of the bit when he was explaining what was happening. It was part of the bit. Oh, but oh okay. That's why well, I had to fine, ruin it. Then I guess I'll be the third one. <laughs> that's why I had to fine. ruin it, telling him that his uh, his snap didn't go through. Yeah, his um, shit didn't work. Yeah. Remember so. when we unironically did that for the first fucking? I yeah. I wish. I wish. Ah and... oh, man, remember when we yeah. lost the first thirty minutes to that first episode ever? Yep. Good times. <laughs> good times. Um, legend has it that the, that it's somewhere on your computer. It is not. <laughs> and that in order for people to listen to that lost thing, they need to donate a blah. That money. is not true because it is, it does not exist because yeah, it's, it's not it there. never, it never started recording. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to immediately squash that one. Get out of here. Um, but, uh, yeah. Hello. Um, nice full crew tonight. Yes. Hello, Slay. Um, yep. uh, August says, I saw spoilers to DB, uh, superhero movie. What the fuck was Bulma thinking? Lol. Oh. I, I've not seen anything about it, because I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I don't really want to watch it, because it's all CG. Oh, is it actually? Yeah, basically they're using, like, now here's the thing. Is the it models, the 3D look... weird models, or? Uh, yeah, it's pretty much the models that they have from, like, it's the same quality as the ones that they have in, like, Fighter Z. So they're really, oh, really okay. good quality. That's not bad. Yeah. But the thing is, like, if you compare Dragon Ball Superhero to the Broly movie, sure. there's no fucking contest. Sure. That Broly movie is a fucking feast for the eyes. I bet. I will take your word for it, friend. Yeah. Um,. Oh, I can give you that movie. I have it. <laughs> no, you're good. Don't you're hard. Now, um, I, oh. I, I order utensils from the poke place. That's a silly thing. Uh, I order dinner from Rent. Uh -huh. And uh, just because I didn't want to do dishes. Like, That's silly. Um, and I... Um, what do you think is uh, is what I received uh, you received napkins, but that's the only other thing. No napkins, actually. Oh, that's weird. Uh oh. What? Uh, uh I'm gonna guess you got a spork. Oh. Uh, both incorrect. I received chopsticks and nothing else. Ah. Uh, okay. Might that strike you as problematic for eating a poke bowl? I, uh, you know. Eh. What? Just... What's in a poke bowl? A poke bowl is just like uh, the bottom is a shit ton of rice, and then it's topped with like seaweed salad, furikake, uh, pickled daikon. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, you can't eat that shit with chopsticks. Um, you can slowly. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's the point. It, it's not. I thought you were a weeb. It's, it's not. It's not sushi rice though. It doesn't stick as well oh, as sushi rice. Oh. Okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. So, um, a spoon would have been far better. Yeah. Or yeah, a spork. Probably. Or a spork. Or even really. a spork. Yeah. 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 Sports are all spoon. Oh, the spoons. Yeah. Yeah, a spoon. Mm. God damn it. I would have settled for a spork. 
You know what? Yeah. I just need a spike. And I'm not talking about the sporks with knives. No, no. I'm just talking about a literal spike. That's is that a thing? No. Oh. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, I could make it a thing. Just go get a spike yeah. and start using it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just go get a spike and then, like, shove it through my brain and then. Well, like, yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Having, a good t having a good time. That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, anyway, uh, let's see. Other thing. Uh, Indigo says, greetings. Hello. Mm. Uh,. Uh, August says, visually, superhero has too much on the screen to appreciate it compared to Broly. There you go. Mm. Um, uh, Indigo says, how is everyone tonight? Doing good. Tired. Yeah. How are you? an tonight? early shift. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been up oh, since... Sure. I've been up since 6, but I'm doing all right. Jeez. I have, I have also been up since 6. Hell yeah, bro. Or, no, sorry, 7. Mm. I've been up since 9. Ah, gotcha. But um, I'm still tired. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I've gotten more um, and more used to it, and it sucks. Yeah. Now, Alejo. Hello. First off, you're my friend, and I value your company. I don't know if I like where this is going, but go on. Secondly, <laughs> give me links, you big bastard. Ah, yes. It has been a while, has it not? Um, f uh, That's not a link. <laughs> um... Aside from that, uh, Lux says, uh, spikes do exist. There you go, yes. Oh my god. That is true, wow. they do exist. Um, and been up since an hour and a half ago. Oh, there you go. Nice. nice. <laughs> I'm jealous. Uh, oh, this, I need this. Uh, there you are, friend. Okay, so. You're welcome. Uh, I gotta get back into that habit. Um, wonder if these horror stories will teach us children valuable lessons. Well, that is a interesting uh, thing because I don't know if they're horror stories or not. I don't. I, so, this these two videos that we're going to be covering. Um, the first one is going to be on uh bad advice, and the other one's going to be on bad GMing styles. Um, you mm. might have seen the bad GMing styles being. Covered. Yes, I I have seen a Scott Arabay video. Yes. Well, no. <laughs> Uh, oh, no, it? he is our lord. Uh, but uh, you you may have seen the other the uh, the bad GMing styles being covered already via um, Brogan, our friend, known at ones, because um, he did oh. a video on it I think a while ago. Though I didn't watch it, um, so I don't know what the content of the video is. I don't think um, any of us have seen uh, it. Maybe. What you think I watch his videos? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I, thought, I mean, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I play Pathfinder. I play a bitch game. No, <laughs> I, I like I like to support my friends in their jobs, but I'm more like the thoughts and prayers type of support. Ah, yes, of course, of course. I I, I, I tell Bergen I support you, and then I do nothing. Ah, mm. well, I mean, you are supporting him, just you know, spiritually. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's really the thought that counts. I mean, that's why it's a saying. Um, mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this is one that I had not seen, so it will be fresh for us. But the first one we're gonna be covering is on uh, the advice, and that mm. is brought to us by Ginny D. Um, mm. And it's called the worst DM advice that everyone gives. So I'm very excited to see what this is because we can talk a little bit in depth about 
uh, why maybe they do it, what's mm. the reasoning, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, Aiden, are you? Yes, you are. Very good. So um, I apologize if you can hear me. I'm going to be typing an email for a little bit here. Uh, but, you should be uh, okay. after that. After that, I'll be I'll be good. Oh, you're fine. Well, do you have your noise occlusion on? You should yeah, be fine. If you're doing it right yeah, now, yeah, my mic doesn't typically pick it up. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, do 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 do. I think I wrote a comment on that video. That's cool. Uh, I was going to guess Garibay, but she was number two on who would be on tonight. Well, there you go. Um, so uh, this was months ago, I think, at this point that this video came out. I don't know. I don't. Actually, I don't keep up. Be yeah. Before you move on. I'd like to salvage a bit while I can. Okay, please. And say, whenever Boo is smart, he must sound like his keyboard, because I've never heard Boo say anything smart. Oh, nice. Thank you. Thank you. I. Why did I take a celebratory sip by myself? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I took. I, took a, I like <laughs> toasted myself. <laughs> God. Why the fuck would I You're do that? You're so alone. <laughs> You're so chan lonely what is this? What is this new fucking Giga Chad behavior going on here? <laughs> now that he's gone away, he's on his own. He's changed. He's yeah. changed in more <laughs> ways than one. I roasted a person. Mm, God, mm. I was good. Exactly. <laughs> no. Exactly. Was it as good for me as it was for me? Goddamn right. <laughs> when I walk in the room... And Metal Gear Revenge's music starts playing. Ah, uh, yes. Mm. Oh, my God. So good. Yep. I need to finish that game. It's so good. Right. I, I turn around the corner of the room, and all you hear is, Andy, come! Yeah. Um, okay. So, as said, Jenny D, um, I will switch us over here. Uh, yes, the worst DM advice that everyone gives. So, let us see... What that advice is. You can't swing a dead displacer beast in D&D communities without hitting one extremely common piece of advice for dungeon masters. Don't over-prepare. This advice is hey. everywhere. It's the most common advice beginner DMs get when they ask for tips, and people often tell me this even when I'm not asking for advice. I hope you all have hellish resistance because this take is going to be hot. That's bad advice. Ah! And I'm not the only one who thinks this. Dan Dillon, a game designer for D&D, had a whole Twitter thread about this a few years ago, and I actually had a great conversation on this subject with Mark Humes, the DM of High Rollers, just the other week, and we were kind of on the same page. Not only do I think don't over-prepare is unhelpful advice... Uh, so, um... I'm going to drop my hot take on this situation <gasps> when I have a mouthful of food. You should. Uh, one second. Okay, so, um, I do think telling a new DM mm. don't over prepare is a good advice. Like it's good advice. Yeah. However, it is one half of the advice that you should be giving, okay. which are actually a third of the advice you okay. should be giving. The three sentences are should be don't over prepare. Don't underprepare, and since you are new to this, err on the side of overpreparing and just make that mistake. Yeah. Okay. So that that's basically kind of the 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 way that I was going to go about it. Because um, overpreparing to a new DM, what does that mean? Yeah. 
right? Because exactly. they have no frame of reference, mm-hmm. which is why, mm-hmm. which is why I agree it is it is kind of bad advice in that respect because you're just gonna make them like question everything, right? Yeah. Like, um, like when when you as an experienced DM say don't over prepare, that means stuff like don't have the weather for the day like already planned out. It is going to rain on day three of this yeah. adventure. Uh, make sure, relevant, I guess. Yeah, make sure that you know uh, the tariffs that the next country over has. Yeah. Like, that, that is what uh, a DM thinks of over-preparing, and they go, yeah, that's ridiculous to prepare. Why, why would I care what, like what the tariffs are 600 miles from here Mm, mm. um however to a new dm who hears the words don't over prepare they think so does the barkeeper not need a name does does this inn need to have a bard in it uh what instrument do do i need to know what instrument the bard is playing Mm -hmm. um and like this is the problem of when you speak from a, a platform of, of experience yeah a sentence you say is not what your audience hears exactly you, you need to know so, your audience first off so telling a new dm like don't over prepare and have every single thing plotted out because it will go off of those rails mm. um is valid advice and that's why you tell them don't over prepare and have every single NPC's dialogue planned. Yeah, don't don't have don't, every NPC have like a page of backstory. Like you don't yeah, need that. Don't, right? don't don't be writing out like Skyrim dialogue boxes yeah. uh, as it's, to what the players will probably say and what the NPC will say back. Right. It's less a, be, it's it's sorry, go on. Sorry. Uh, uh, don't like over prepare. Have dialogue boxes written out. Don't under prepare and not know what the name of the tavern is. Right. Um, find a happy medium, and when in doubt, err on the side of caution by over preparing. Right. Um, I think it's just using using prepare as like over prepare under prepare just sets a standard that's weird for. For somebody that's never had experience with it, right? Because again, they they don't know what that means in the sense of like the grand scheme, right? Um, they what I would what I would honestly say is your first adventure, just like I don't know, man. You just plot out your first adventure and figure out what's important to it, right? Like that's. That's really what you need. Um, you don't need fucking, like you said, the tariffs on the other side of fucking the world. <laughs> you don't need to worry about that shit because it's just, it, it, you just need to worry about, especially if you're starting out, you just need to worry about having a good time, honestly. Like, that's it. Just having a good time with your friends, making sure that it's a cohesive enough story um, because you're going to fuck up. Um, something is going to go wrong um you are gonna forget a rule or something like that it's just an inevitability and that's not something to be afraid of right Mm. and kind of going don't over prepare it puts that pressure on everything of like i need to 
Okay, uh, I, I need to, you know, or don't underprepare even to, to, I need to make sure that I know all the rules and stuff right off the bat, mm-hmm. like every, every single moment, you know, it's, it becomes a larger problem, I think, yes. um, when you just kind of leave it as that vagary. Um, vagary. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Uh, a vagrant. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think, I think it's just, it's just uh, as I saw in the chat. Uh, who said it? Uh, but 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 I think Lux said it. Uh, basically, don't overprepare is the wrong choice of words. Yes. Um, which I would I would absolutely agree with. Um, you just need to set a a reasonable expectation. I think that's really what you want to do with your words, and make sure that it's clear. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Mongo says hello. 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 Um, uh, Inigo says, uh, there's no such thing as over-prepare. Technically, yes. No. Um, in a way. Though, there is, there is a, there is a, oh, um, I was going to say this. Um, the limit that you can set for yourself is up to you, but you need to know your own limits. And, like, that's something that you won't find out without experience as well. Um, so as a new DM, if you want to try to go overboard with stuff, well, you better realize that you might like burn yourself out very fast. Yeah. Um, so if you're, if you like the detail that you want might be something that you work up to. Right. And it's, there's no shame in that. Right. Like if you don't have the most immaculate story ever because you're not Matt Mercer, right. Mm. (laughs) Don't ever kid yourself otherwise. Um, Mm. Uh, when you're just starting out, unless you're a yeah. natural at it for you know with natural talent, I guess. In this, in that case, like I don't know, toot your own horn or something, uh, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, you you want to set your personal limit that you know that you can reach, and then if you are comfortable enough to like get bit past that when you're preparing stuff, then and like make sure that all your stuff is is gonna go well in in that kind of way, then yeah, go for it, you know. Um. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is don't railroad is the right way to put it. Yes. Oh, that is something that is mm-hmm. absolutely something you should tell somebody. No, that that That's is new. absolutely fair. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Uh, it just, it, it is ultimately one of the worst problems that can happen, though it might not feel that way immediately, or it might not, it might not even become a problem for, for your group. Who knows? Um, it really is. depends. I think I've actually got a warm take. I think for a new DM, I think telling them, I don't know if I would say make your camp, make your first adventure a railroad. I I wouldn't say that. But what I would say is that if your first ever adventure is a railroad, mm-hmm. come out and tell your players and say, hey, since this is my first time playing, this is my first time running it, it might be a little bit railroady, and I apologize for that. Yeah. But oh, since sure. it's my first game, I'd like to try something that's a little bit more controlled. So mm-hmm. that way we can kind of figure out how we're how to do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then in the future, we're definitely gonna branch out. That's why so I think yeah. No, that, that that's what you did with um the Call of Cthulhu campaign. Exactly. True. So um, I don't so I don't think that a railroad is necessarily the worst thing in the world for a brand new DM. I think that they can be useful 
in actually figuring out how the game plays. Yeah, you, you want to have a good understanding of mechanics and the system itself. Right? Yes, Before because because games. sandbox games are not easy to run. No, they fucking suck sometimes. Mm. Yes, they are not easy to run. Mm. And especially for a new player or a new DM. Yeah. I mean, technically a DM is a player, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, um, that's why I always point towards if you want to start and you're unsure um fucking module yeah module exactly yeah. get a get a module that will set you on the right path like you can still go out of bounds with it as you know when you want to um and all that kind of stuff or when your players are kind of like doing stuff you'll you'll get that experience of improv that you'll probably need to start working on because dming that is just, that is part of it right um mm. you're gonna they're gonna go off on their own path and shit but it gives you that guideline that you can set that you can just start you know going oh what happens when they uh go into town and actually go down the south way that isn't towards the dungeon at all like what's down there right like <laughs> the players are gonna want to know so you're gonna have to figure it out at some point um more than likely um let's see uh let's uh the problem is that dms get too attached to what they prepare and often treat it as mm -hmm. sancrosanct Instead mm. sacrosanct. of sacrosanct, sacrosanct, oh. sacrosanct. Oh, there's an N in this word. Like, That's like, what I read. Oh, like, like sacred. Yeah, yeah, I know. I okay, okay. Um, instead of uh, just letting and prepare uh, the prepared info be there for when uh, players go off the rails. Yeah, it's just it's it becomes when they're first starting out. It can be a it's my story and not our story thing. Yes. So it's just one of those things that, again, with experience, they'll kind of get. Um, it's been so long since I've joined a live stream. I've forgotten what you guys sounded like, not at two times speed. Anyway, glad to see the gang back together. <laughs> well, hello, Khan. Thank you. Yeah, my voice is still a little bit fucky, but. What are you talking about, Khan? This is what we sound like at two times speed. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't know. You've been listening this to, is how to we it talk for all so time. long. It's at one times for you now. Yeah. Um, Come on. Give it the program. <laughs> That's right. Uh, um, uh, faster, of... faster. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> speaking of dialogue boxes, I was Have playing... you considered that you just listen slowly, Con? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, speaking of dialogue boxes, I was playing Knights of the Old Republic, and one conversation would loop a skill check, which was rather funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did that in that old game. Every now and again. Um... But anyway, as a new GM, I've defiantly overprepped and sometimes still do. And that's absolutely fine. Like, the thing is, with with the word overprepping, it, it gives a negative connotation because of everybody who gives it that negative connotation. And it can be, like, detrimental. Like I said, it could burn you the fuck out. But can also be incredibly rewarding. Hmm. So, you know, it, it really depends on you. Um... August says it's better to overprep. Uh, no, it can it be. Um, I will say, as uh, someone whose players go through his campaign at a pace I would best describe as glacial. That's right. Um, I tend to do, like, when I prep for sessions, I do what would be called, quote-unquote, like, um, overprepping. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's because I will prep out a about a session's worth of material, and yeah. then I will be good for a month. 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, like, eh. Again, mileage may vary. Like, that's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Your group, if you are a DM, will most likely be different. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. The two groups I've DM'd for were, like, one was slow and one was very fucking slow. Yeah. Um, And so, like, it's... I'm not a fan of reusing content. Like, there, there's two paths in the forest, and they're both the same path. <laughs> uh, like, th- that's pretty extreme. Yeah. But, like, if your players walk into the tavern and see Boblin the Goblin, right. and they go, Boblin, you are our new mascot. We will follow you to the ends of the earth. Right. And and you go, ah, ho. Oh. Uh, Artorius, the death-defying knight. Mm. Uh, now maybe Artorius the logger. Sure. Uh, and that's where, like, those NPC names that you have of just Artorius, uh, Svilthelm, or whoever, mm-hmm. you just go, oh, okay, and you copy-paste. <laughs> and you're like, uh, Okay, there is a lazy guard who is leaning on his spear named Sviltelm. Um, <laughs> there is a logger with a wagon that has a broken axle named Artorius. Mm. Uh, and that that's just kind of where you go. So, like, there is definitely an ad-libbing um, aspect that you have to take to be able to dm you need to be able to like sort of roll with the punches yeah um but at the same time don't let that stop you from making a story yeah um and uh yeah i i unfortunately the only way to the only advice i can give is like you you just gotta do it man yeah exactly right like the best way to do it is just to experience it yeah like that's just that's the way that all the systems work you know it's it's like trying to learn how to dance by reading a textbook yeah you're not gonna it's gonna be way different way different um uh, if you want to railroad out your players on a if you want to railroad out your players on a train. If you want to railroad, put your players on a train. Ah, put your players on it. That makes more sense. Yes. Mm. Thank you. That's why I like Call of Cthulhu. I can railroad them all I want. <laughs> That's mm. right. <laughs> Have them solve a mystery on a train? Yes, you could. Like Orient- or on the, the Oriental, Oriental Express. Express. <laughs> yeah. um, quite literally, if you want to have... Um, have characters be in a location and continue to be in that location you have them be on a thing that is a confined location that they cannot escape from easily i mean they yeah, can jump off the train like if they want to that's fine that just means yeah. they don't do the thing okay yeah and now they're out in the wilderness who knows <laughs> i mean that's what they wanted that's fine yeah <laughs> or an airship if you don't want them to jump off you put them in an airship <laughs> that's right. and then oh, they can still do it that still won't stop them <laughs> oh, no, no i gotta fall Indeed. <laughs> um, how to you'll, train your you'll, players. You'll have yeah. the barbarian going, oh, I've got unending rage, and that mm. means I take half damage. That means I can fall and take half damage, right? That's right. No. That's right. <laughs> as a DM, I'm going to rule that no. <laughs> uh, as, a, as a DM, even Jim Crawford is like, no. Nah. Yeah. Yeah, right. 
the Jurassic takes full falling. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, uh, we've made it 42 seconds, boys, and we've gone about 30 minutes. So good job, everybody. We've done it. Let's go. Hey, you know what? This is my first stream back. No, no, I'm not complaining. Don't that, get me wrong. That, yeah, no, this that, is what we that, do. That, that took up a little bit of time on its own. We we need to make it so we're 42 seconds in and 42 minutes into the stream. Oh, you're right. Ten mm. more minutes. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I find it. I find it good, and I always find it refreshing because no one can accuse us of being just pure reaction, nothing else. We're always mm -hmm. making transformative content, and that's good. Well, yeah. yes, the case is, like, the... Someone would not be able to criticize you are, us you are far of away, not my making... Friend. Oh, sorry. Um, someone would not be able to criticize us of making transformative content. Not doing that. Um, or, or, sorry, they, they, they wouldn't be able to accuse us of just being a reaction channel. Yes. However the criticism could be made validly that uh, we get so distracted so as to be lost in the weeds of our own, like, stream, essentially. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's fine. Um, and that's why even in a comment uh, that we'll have later on, way later on, um, people will correct us if things... That's why we have the ability for people to go, hey, you fucked up. And that's good. I like that. And then we'll be like, oh shit, we fucked up. Thanks yeah, for pointing exactly. that out. Because we're, we're, we have integrity. <laughs> anyway. Here we go. Guys, I think it can even be potentially harmful to new DMs. But I'm not here to drop a spicy take as engagement bait and then disappear. This isn't Twitter. I'm here to explain nice. myself and then provide a solution. Like a goddamn contributing member of the community. So let's oh, yeah. get started. There are a few reasons I think don't overprepare is bad advice. The first of which is it's oversimplified. Shocking on the oh. internet, I know. There are so many things that go into session prep. Everything from map making to world building to encounter balancing to creating NPCs and mapping out quests to picking loot. It could refer to narrative descriptions, reviewing notes from previous sessions, creating rolling tables. The list goes on and on. So what prep is this advice even referring to? Is it saying prepare all those things but only a little? Is it saying prepare some of those things but not others? Everyone probably has a different definition of what overpreparing looks like in their own head when they say this, but what's in their head doesn't necessarily translate to the people hearing this advice. The this is exactly our point. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. I'm glad. Because it's like, it's so easy to immediately come to that conclusion. And I don't, I don't see why more people don't and continue to spread this like, just don't, just don't do it, just don't. It's, mm. it's like everything with a lot of these, this advice unfortunately or this the a lot of like memes and stuff for dnd like you for know, me. <laughs> Alejo, Hi. there is something i saw a few weeks ago oh, no. um that i find relevant right now and it's when you said oh, j just don't just don't do that um okay and it is a a fact which we owe the continued existence of our channel too. Oh. Um, which is, I saw someone on Twitter posted a thing saying, uh, if you have a solution to a problem and it starts with, if everyone would just, mm. that, that's not a solution. At no point in human history has everyone just. <laughs>
No, they did that one time, apparently. Uh, and then we're struck down. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. worry about that, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tower of Babel. Yeah. Oh. Very. <laughs> as I said, apparently. Um, anyway. Mm. Potentially, maybe. Potentially. <laughs> Arguably not. Arguably, Arguably not. so. Mm. Anyway. The... Uh, it comes with trusting a, a six thousand year old book. The players can jump off the train anytime they like, but I wouldn't recommend it. There's a love, death, and robots episode that does that. Good episode. I haven't watched the second <laughs> season yet. I'm excited to though. I like. I've the first only one. got like two episodes into Love, Death, and Robots, and I was like, "Wow, this is really cool." And then I like never watched it again That's for fair. some reason. It's, I liked it. Um, at least the first season it was pretty neat. Um. I sure I'm having a bad connection suddenly. That sucks. Um, jump off a train and land in a cactus. Oh, damn it. Mm, yes. Good idea. Uh, did they make their perception check before jumping off the train? No. <laughs> you can't accuse me of stealing, but you can accuse me of loitering. They can't accuse us of shit. It's fine. Um, hey, we've got to make sure you don't finish the stream before I make it to work. Uh, that's not happening. Sorry. <laughs> Think about a minute behind right now. Okay. The gears here is Hello the from a minute Who's in the future. To say how much mm. preparation constitutes over preparing? That implies oh. that there. He died. Did? Oh, I think he did. Oh, but he's still online. Oh, weird. No, uh, maybe he's just retiring. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> anyway. Is an appropriate amount of prep, but doesn't actually explain what that amount is. Without that distinction, this advice is functionally meaningless. Yes. It's like giving someone directions, oh, okay. and all you well, tell uh, them is go north, but not too far north. Good luck, hope you find it. Every DM has a different style and different needs, so even if this advice came with a description of how much prep is too much. Well, now you'll find it over yonder. If you find the tree, you've gone too far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so vague. Jenny D scared off Boo. That's right. Yeah, I did have it. There's some fucking aqua. <laughs> Very upset. Some DMs are capable of coming to the table with zero preparation and delivering a great game, and others are decidedly not. Most DMs fall somewhere in the middle, where they benefit from certain kinds of prep and not from others. Even if that's true, saying this advice is harmful seems like a stretch. Honestly, I don't think it is. I mean, for one thing, I think there's a very I real... actually, uh... I actually fully adore that she has uh uh actually wait w was Ginny d uh uh was was that Ginny d or satine phoenix that used they them pronouns uh satine i think okay um i adore the fact that like Ginny has a shirt that says comment section oh yeah yeah, yeah that is good i uh, that that is a fantastic bit yeah mm. yeah um my my only contention at the moment is just it's not necessarily always harmful, but it can be incredibly like detrimental in some cases. Absolutely, right? Um, it, as it really it overall it really does depend on what happens after the fact with whoever gets that advice. But I would say absolutely that we should refine it to a point 
where we now like understand what that means without using don't over prepare because that is way too vague mm -hmm. right like it is it is in essence going to most likely do more uh i guess harm than good in this instance um but i don't think it is i i guess the word harmful does imply that in a way so mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. If we if we use um not miss maybe misconstrued works. Um the advice can be misconstrued. That mm -hmm. mm, let me look at the word. Alright. There you go. Misconstrued. Because I want to make sure that I'm using the word correctly. Uh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So the advice can be misconstrued by um, people, but it also can be taken and, and actually built upon by others. Like, not all of us were able to um, get that advice and get anybody to say, well, it doesn't mean <laughs> that you don't have to, like, get all of it. Like, there's a level here that you can reach, and then, you know, once you get there, then you're probably good, but you can go over. Like, nobody came to say that to a lot of us, you know? Um, and yeah. so it kind of, it can it can still like inspire that overall when they look into the material and all that kind of stuff, but it is not basically the, the advice is um, doing in that case, right? It's more the person themselves and how they interpret it. Hmm. Anyway. Risk the DMs who prep too little might end up with a game that feels superficial and boring. Improvisation is all well and good, but there's also a place for thoughtful, intentional choices, and it can be very difficult to make those off the cuff. Sure, you can improvise a dungeon crawl, or a random town, or a short quest, but if you want politics, or mysteries, or secrets, or history, that's gonna require at least a little preparation outside of the game to execute. I'm sure there are some DMs who can wing an entire compelling campaign arc, but not many. I also think it can be harmful to new DMs to imply that investing time and thought into their prep will make their games worse. D&D is a pretty complicated game. Yeah, no, okay, that yeah, actually. That, yeah, that, yeah, that's a valid point. That, that yeah. is incredibly, like, that does kind of um, contextualize it a lot more because mm. somebody absolutely, a lot of people probably could take that as you don't have to think about it as much and it's probably not a good idea to think about it too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think about that at all. Yeah, that fucking sucks. Yeah, don't mm -hmm. do that. Don't tell people this stuff. <laughs> to make it so that you're you're understood, please. Um, yeah. However, I still stand by my statement of tell the pl uh, the the new DM, but don't under prepare either. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm with you. It, we have to, but I'm with you in the sense of we need to make it like more clear than just saying that, right? Yes. Yes. Um, hmm. Uh, a, a complex statement cannot be reduced to two or three words. No, yeah, not at all. Of course and not. like, as people who want to play a TTRPG, I'm sure that we can all listen to a complex statement and try to understand that. At least yeah. that is my hope. <laughs> mm. um, her alter ego was uh, the comment section. I don't know whether to respect it or hate it. Both are equally divisive. It's <laughs> <laughs> fair. Um, the advice is very subjective. What's over preparing to one DM is under preparing to another. This advice can cause some people anxiety if they don't know how to DM. Yeah, exactly. Like yes. that's, that's what we were talking about before. Like it, it from an experienced person to a non-experienced person, it means so little. 
because they have no idea because most people who are brand new fear the system fear like dming it like as mm-hmm. from experience of being that person beforehand and also seeing other people go from being that person into actually dming it's something that makes everybody kind of a little bit like i don't know if i could do that because we've said it before many times dming is incredibly easy to do it's incredibly mm-hmm. easy to do there's a lot of work to be put into it if you want it to be done very well but it's yeah. not like it's not incredibly easy to just start telling a fucking imaginary story with your friends, right? Like, that's going to be fun. And you probably are going to be able to understand what's more fun and what's not, even without the rules. Like, you don't need yeah. a rule book to kind of make a story with some friends, right? Yeah, e- easy to do, hard to do well is a good way to describe it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that's why, overall, it's just it's just so annoyingly reductive to just say don't over prepare yeah i mean it requires textbooks to play and some of the key parts of gameplay like combat encounters are complex enough that you need a lot of experience to be able to execute them well with no preparation Mm. before you've built up experience and learned what does and doesn't work for you as a dungeon master prep can be pretty crucial i received this don't over prepare message early on as a dungeon master and i really did try to take it to heart so instead i under prepared which left me stressed and scrambling during sessions and once i realized that this advice didn't work for me, every time I heard it, it just made me feel like I was a bad DM. After all, if this was the advice that everybody but me found useful, I must be the one doing something wrong. So it's a it's a fantastic little anecdote because that really can show like what one's experience can be. It's fucking mm-hmm. it's it's a horrible thing because you could absolutely feel like you're the problem. Yeah. And it's like, no, man, no. No, it's... it is the children who are wrong. <laughs> exactly, right? Like, it's it's so weird because, man, I I know for a fact that I already feel like shit a lot, a lot of the time when I TM mm. because I feel like I don't do it well. Um, mm. But it's just like that little bit more that it's like, ah, you didn't you didn't prepare enough. You 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 underprepared because you didn't over or you you thought you were over preparing but you actually were under preparing and also like what does that mean I don't know do you know well it must have been more than last time idiot right yeah like, it's a whole like, spiral <clears throat> and the thing that's weird is that when you when you stop to think about the uh, the advice don't over prepare it's obviously it's it's not you're not saying enough and the thing that's funny is that. It's it's a thing that's said so much and parroted by so many people Everyone, yeah. that nobody even knows what they're saying. It's like or if you have a, it's <laughs> like if you have a book that has an improper it has some kind of incorrect information in it, mm. and, and then everybody, everybody like the copies the the text mm-hmm. to update it but they're still carrying over that mistake without realizing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're making a mistake that they don't even understand just because it's just information that everybody always uses. Absolutely. Like, and it, it, Aiden, you bring up the Fourie is bad thing. Like just, I did a, I did a solo thing of, of a Fourie section and doing some, doing a, a video on it where it's just Fourie is bad because I, went from 5e to 4e and it didn't act like 5e and also my dm didn't tell me my dm didn't tell me um 
didn't apparently explain to me how things worked and i learned it all like right then and there and everything had to change and i was like this is not 4e's fault um but we have to hate 4e because everyone hates 4e and it must be 4e's fault specifically it's like i we're we're just gonna keep parroting that until somebody big enough says no it's it's not oh my god <laughs> um and uh you know it it just it sucks it really sucks because until yeah. we have a lot of pushback and i'm glad Ginny made this because it's some pushback on this at least and she's yeah. you know popular and big enough that it'll actually do something which mm. is good and i hope that it actually gets put into the wider consciousness you know um and and a lot of people actually take this more to heart and start questioning maybe you know how specific advice is and all this shit right mm -hmm. um i don't know um combat's easy just reduce everything to a game of paper scissors work i mean rock yeah yeah <laughs> rock paper scissors let's do it rochambeau mm -hmm. um i respect it corn cares not from where the blood flows true Whence? um <laughs> uh 4e for life yeah i know indigo I know you a 4E, man. Um, this is actually a good video. Oh, yeah. Jenny has made yeah, good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we've been disappointed. I don't think we've seen... Yeah, I don't think we've seen the negative one yet. No, yeah. and, like, uh, it's 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 prime for discussion, thankfully, as well. Like, we're not just sitting here just watching it, right? Which is... It, yeah. It, it, you can tell that she's put a lot of, like, critical thought into this. And, yeah. Like, it shows. There's other seeds and kernels that, like, as a viewer, you could, like, expand on and think mm -hmm. of in your own mind, mm -hmm. which is, like, A, helpful to help you, the viewer, learn, B, fantastic for growing community. Mm, absolutely. Um, so, like, no, I fully respect it. And thus far, of the three minutes and 58 seconds we've talked about, I have, like, I'm impressed. Right, right. And, like, we've had contentions with her in a couple of videos, I remember, but, like, they're just minor contentions. Minor right? gripes, we've never, yeah. We've yeah. never said, no, this is a bad Jenny D video. We've never said that. Yeah. So, yeah. Always always expecting a good performance, if you will. Mm. Um. Uh, see if you guys can get your friend Matt Mercer to say 4E is good. That should take care of it. Well, uh, so, so Matt... I, I, I actually was thinking about what Matt would say, and I call him Matt because he's my friend. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. I, fe I feel like... Uh, in like I'm running simulations of what Matt would say, and I call him Matt because he's my friend. Because he is my and, friend. And uh, Matt, and I call him Matt... Uh, <laughs> yes, Matt. <laughs> ...would be like... Yeah, no, for uh <laughs> and he would do a, a, a sort of a sly smile to himself and be like, yeah, for he has some problems, which, which sure. is fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. For he does have problems. And that's just kind of where he would leave it at the interview. Um, but right. then if the interviewer were to follow up and say, does 5e have problems, though? And he'd go, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Does 3.5 have problems? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, every, yeah. 
legitimately he would go like, oh, you know, it has problems, ha ha, and like they kind of move on with the interview. But well, like, I, if you were to press, I I think Matt would be like, yeah, no, every system's kind of. I actually think that, and I would posit forth that um, he would say it's not for me. Like he okay, would go that okay, far. Yeah, right? I I could see that right Be because opinion. because I I think um, it's kind of more. Um, based off of how they transferred over from Pathfinder into 5e, and they were, and mm. that Pathfinder is very 3.5, right? Um, and I think that um, he might not have, like, he might have tried 4e for a while, and he, he might even, like, have enjoyed some of the systems and stuff, like, and, and he might have just thought that he'd rather go down the Pathfinder path because it's more, like, 3.5, um mm. something that he was more a fan of but i really i really do think that he would say no i don't think it's bad i think it's just not for me just because it, now that he's basically made a show on 5e um yeah I, and you look back at 4e and you go it's so much like 5e mm. um why wouldn't you think that it's you know at least fine mm. um i i think that it'd be it'd be You'd be hard pressed to say anything like super negative about it, you know. Yeah. Also, because he's Matt Mercer and our friend. Yeah, and he's just not really that kind of guy. No, exactly. He would give you his honest take. Like, yeah. I really, I genuinely believe that. Um. So, anyway, well, well, you know, we'll get him on the show one day. <laughs> I can't say that. Crazy. I can't say that with a straight face. That'll never happen. Can't say what? That we would get Matt on the show. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way he would come onto this um anyway uh i have one big complaint about Ginny d's work her hair is too aqua i agree with boo <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's right mm. um, it upset you greatly does it, it? Does. yes it's the, it's the I, question. I must know august mm. yes 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 um can't wait for Mercer to come out and to declare 4E is not bad. Either people will play 4E or it's the end of his career. Dude, if that would be the moment where I'd be like, yeah, I'm done. If they went, no, fuck you, Matt. It's bad. Why would you go against us, right? That would yeah, be the outright. moment where I'd be like, okay, it's it's done. It's over. Like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. I really Seeing yeah. Matt make it like a public statement though like that would be definitely a moment where I would go from like just leaning back in my chair to like sitting like um uh what was his name uh, uh gendo shinji's father like leans forward oh, uh -huh. fingers steepled <laughs> yeah and, like the light sheens off my glasses right, as they go Ooh. i mean it would be an interesting thing to watch but if it ended in people like literally like not liking him anymore <gasps> excuse me liking him to the point of like actually ending his career in that quote-unquote way then i'd be like i don't care anymore like i don't care about this i like it just doesn't i why would you do that that doesn't make any sense to me yeah. you know yeah saying saying it would end his career is just i think intentional hyperbole. no i know i know i'm just saying like if that were to happen it would be so fucking out of left field that i'd be like okay nope <laughs> i don't I don't understand it anymore. I don't understand anything anymore. Let's go. <laughs> anyway. 
I kept ignoring my gut and forcing myself into situations where I had to improvise things that I knew yeah. I wasn't good at improvising. Fun fact, he doesn't game. have his fingers steepled. <laughs> Yeah. I would I would call that steepled or uh, even uh, I would I would say no, the that's not interlaced. They're like yes, interlaced. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Like, but that was the picture in my brain. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know it. <laughs> is is Gendo his name? Yes, it is. I've only seen one episode of uh Evangelion, Evangelion is it Evangelion, yeah, yeah, I think right? Yeah. The pronunciation, yeah. I don't even fucking know how to Evan Gillian. <laughs> that's right. Evan Gillian, yes. Yep. It's oh, actually yeah. I, like I, I the know, meme I, is I literally him. called the Gendo pose. <laughs> <laughs> nice. knew I wasn't good at improvising, and my game suffered for it. It was only once I accepted that I thrive as a DM when I feel thoroughly prepared that I finally started doing game prep that actually worked for me. Mm. I think you're misreading what don't overprepare means. You're taking it too literally. You're absolutely right. I know that what I just described is not what people mean when they say this, but it's what I heard, and I'm sure I'm not- Yeah, that's the thing. Your, your, intention, exactly. your intention behind words is important, yes, but the way that it's interpreted is what's going to like matter for these people and like these new DMs. Like they're going to, they're going to take away what they take away unless you explain it thoroughly, right? Like, unless you make it, like like I said before, absolutely clear what you mean, then, then you'll be okay. Then everything will be fine. Mm -hmm. But well, at least you've done all you can at that point. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, more more of that along along those lines, but. Um, any anything you say could be misconstrued, mm. and that sucks. But you just gotta understand that that's the way it's gonna be if you're very vague. Mm. <laughs> and like, again, I'm glad I'm glad she has these counters for for from the quote unquote comments section. Um, yeah, because like it's good to have that as a as a bounce back of like this is something that somebody might say absolutely. Because mm -hmm. that is a that is an argument that you'll see for a lot of things of like you're just taking it too seriously. It's like why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you take something at face value if it's just said to you like this? You know? Yeah, especially if you're asking for advice. Yes, from somebody that you know is more experienced than you. Yeah. If I am asking advice, I would say that ostensibly, you can assume. That like any advice you hear is to be taken incredibly seriously. Yes. Um, time to head to work. Well, have a good work. Um, Indeed. Evangelion, the anime where you can learn to become the world's worst insert character trait here. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've never watched it. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. Really? I hear lots of good things like, though. Yeah. Yes. But at least personally, hmm. I had a lot of Shinji's character spoiled for me. Ah, uh, that's probably why. And I could not, in good conscience, like, every second I saw Shinji on the screen, I was like, oh, God. Okay. Yeah. This fucker. Well, I, I know nothing. I've, I'm very good at keeping things from reaching me when I don't want them to. So I've not... I have no very, very little, like, basically nothing about um, mm. Evangelion, like, so. Yeah. Maybe as I'll enjoy far, it. Who knows? As, as far as, like, storytelling goes, mm. 
it tells its story well. Okay. See, that's what matters As, to me. And it well, also characters. is a story that I at least have. How do I put this in a way that is spoiler free? It's a story I've seen told before. Mm. In broad strokes, I've seen it told before in okay. other things. Gotcha. Um, however, that it is an interesting take okay. on a story that other franchises do. Okay. Um, new movies are better than the TV show, says Sly. Sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh. Uh, I'd recommend Evangelion to some people. It's mostly good, but the second you think too hard on it, you'll be opening the door to mind goblins. Oh, see, mm. now, see, that means that I wouldn't like it. That's the yeah. problem. <laughs> That's because they have the budget to finish it this time. Uh, fair enough. Mm. Um, yeah, if if something doesn't make sense to me it, and it stands the yeah. fuck out, then I, I have a problem because yeah, my that's brain... Gonna, that's going to that's gonna happen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, well, maybe someday I'll just and torture myself. Who knows? <laughs> Indeed. There, there's, I think it was, I think it was a Pepsi commercial. Oh? Where, in Japan. Okay. Or no, it wasn't Pepsi. I think it was just some soda in general. Okay. Where, like, it has the characters of Neon Genesis, like Evangelion. And, mm -hmm. and I'm saying Evangelion now because I, don't I care. know it's wrong. That's yeah, we don't, we don't care. Oh, I know you, you two don't. I'm describing uh, for the sake of the chat. I understand. Oh, okay. Um, but it has, like, everyone smiling and laughing and having a good time. And, like, Gendo is there. And he's smiling, too. And it's like, ooh. You do not know his fucking character. I was gonna say, even I know that that seems wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like that sends, seems more. That seems more cursed than down wrong. the back. Uh, a yeah, wrong. Okay, okay, interesting. Um, I watched the TV show before the or way before death and rebirth and end of Eva ever came out. I was so confused. Okay. Mm. Um. Anyway, let's continue. Not the only one. If your advice requires some hidden context in order to be useful, context that you don't provide, then the advice is worthless. So let's talk about what people do mean when they say don't overprepare, and how we can shape that into advice that's actually useful. Hey. Ooh, parchment for our needs? That's your problem. Our contract locked in pricing. Whoa, Francis? You look different. Oh, it's you. Yeah, my map making business, Summer Pike Quill and Compass, is booming. And it's gonna really blow up when Dungeon Fog introduces their new community hub in May. Oh, that's right, Dungeon Fog. Um, map making it's, a, it's an ad. It's an ad. It's an ad. Now, again, not to not support, but if you have any interest in supporting Ginny, go watch the video yourself and go and look at the ad yourself, you know? Like, it's just Dungeon Fog doesn't support us in any way, and I. Like, as much as I, again, it's, it is part of the video, but it's less to do with the topic, and it's more to do with the need of money. Apps. Because that's, and it's nothing wrong with that. It's just, you know, <laughs> not what we're here for. Seems neat. From the screens that I've been scrubbing through. Okay. 
Oh, I love that yeah. face as a place to go to. <laughs> what the fuck did you just do? Why are you here? Why did you skip my ad? Yeah. We, 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 we need to make that the, the thumbnail, like, uh, of this, uh, of this video and give it, like, a clickbait, uh, like, the Genie D one or I, something. I, I don't, uh, <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> See, that's what people who do successful things would do. Mm. I I don't mm. I don't do. We have integrity, things. therefore we're failures. That's right. I have integrity, therefore I fail. I'd rather fail. <laughs> anyway, mm. now that I have more experience as a DM and I've spent years in D and D communities, I understand how this advice is intended. When people say don't overprepare, they're really saying something else. Two things, actually. They're saying don't railroad, and they're saying don't waste prep. Let's look at these one at a time. First Does that cover what we said? Yes. <laughs> I think so. Um, don't waste prep. I think don't don't railroad, yeah. but even then, like it's not the end of the world if you do railroad no. for your first game. Yeah, and then we, the we other one, caveats, obviously. Yeah, uh, the other one, I don't believe so. Don't waste yeah. prep. I, I, I feel like I you know could extrapolate I, I, a bit. I, 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 yeah, I, I thought about it, but I didn't mention it. So you're more than free to just discount and say, "Oh, he never thought of it." But like, yeah, no. If you're spending like seven hours prepping for what will never be relevant, exactly, then that's seven yeah. hours wasted. Yes, that, that, that you could have sense. used to prep for better things. You can do that, that kind of prep. will be relevant. Yeah, you can do that kind of prep when you're ready for the game for the next week. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Right, you can prep in in advance if you want to prep for, excuse me, oh goodness, uh, content that you're going to be going through. But um, if you're prepping like the name of the king on the other continent that they won't visit until like maybe next year, like in real life, um, yeah, I mean that's fine. But are you ready for the game? You just got to make that distinction. Are you are you prepared for what's going to be coming up next? Yeah. Because, like, yeah. again, it's fine if you prep that other stuff. That's fine. Um, but, 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 but what if I need to have the pantheon of the next country over all developed? So, and, and, and so there will be a, a god, a goddess of agriculture named Lolfella. Okay. And, and a foreigner in the country, uh, an NPC mm -hmm. uh, in coming over. the country that we're in, yeah. will like stub his toe and say, "Oh, Walthella's tits," <laughs> as like a swear, and the players <laughs> won't know, but they may ask, and I need to tell them. Ah, uh, mm. I see. Why would you tell them immediately that they don't know? <laughs> How would they know? Exactly. Like, yeah, you know, it's Jack. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, b -b 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 what are uh, Father of the Year, Gendo Ikari, Woof. There you go. <laughs> when I refer to the movies, I mean the modern ones, not the ones connecting to the TV show. Um, <sighs> Evangelion doesn't have mind goblins; it has mind flayers. Oh, even better. Yeah, that it does. <laughs> uh, nope, not gonna do it. Not gonna watch it. There you go. Watch Eva. <laughs> damn it. Well. You know, a screen cap. You won't believe what Ginny D says next. Yeah, no, that would be <laughs> again. I, uh, like I get the game again. I've said it before. I don't I don't begrudge anybody for like doing that kind of stuff. But as long as it's like relevant and actually something that they're covering, I guess, then it's fine. You know, like in my book, I, you're getting more fine with it. 
Jenny D or Jenny Doe? Oh. Oh, shit. I'm going to throw up. That's um. why we bring up Gendo. <laughs> Don't prep for season four when you when you haven't finished, or yeah, don't prep for season four when you haven't finished se- session one of season one. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. First up, don't railroad. What does that mean? Urban Dictionary says it's about an unjust conviction or a guy a with a. Okay, that's enough. If yeah. this is your first time hearing it, <laughs> basting a turkey with what? Uh, <laughs> That's what I got from when the, the mouth movements. You'll, you'll understand <laughs> when you're older. Ah, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love that shit because that is totally Urban Dictionary. Oh, absolutely it is. Oh, Because you'll get one proper one and then everything else is just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Term in this context, to railroad means to force your players down a certain path, like how a train has to follow railroad tracks. Instead of a train, you want your players to feel like they're in an ATV. They can go anywhere they want, even if that's off the road and into the wilderness. To me, saying don't overprepare when you mean don't railroad is a case of mistranslation. It's not the act of preparation that causes to Which, by the way, um, is something that I have tried to, like, preemptively do. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, in my first campaign... Mm-hmm. One of my players eventually uh, started DMing a group and is my DM currently in the campaign I'm a player in. Right. Um, In my second campaign, I have one person who was totally new to the system and two people who were a bit more experienced than her, but still fairly new. Right. Mm. Um. As such, I'm like, oh god, if they're, uh, like, those two people that are slightly experienced Mm -hmm. are, like, prime targets for people, like, well, not really targets, the most likely to become DMs later on. Mm -hmm. To, To have an interest in the hobby peaked, and then go, I'm gonna DM. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is why, uh, w- before the campaign started, before session zero even happened, um, I tried to drive home that there will be a ca- like an overarching campaign that will tie in everyone's like backstories together, mm. um, and that everyone would be. Uh, have a a personal interest in seeing mm-hmm. completed. Mm-hmm. However, the way that I make my worlds is such that if they session one decide we're marching due north and they just keep going north, I'm still going to have content for them. Yeah, yeah. It, it won't be the campaign, but like there will be countries that have their own like histories. There's a pantheon. There's different interpretations of the gods well, I, and goddesses and I'd imagine, based on what country you're in. I'd imagine that if they continued that direction and they continued to ignore the campaign, you would make the campaign this adventure now. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, no, like very much. I've, I've, I forget what I was leading into with this. Uh, um, but not really, really. Try, try, try to prep players in such a way and be like, yeah, you know, like while you're my player, you will see my DMing style and I will lay things out for you that you can hopefully draw upon this knowledge should you ever become a DM. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um... Yeah, this, this, uh, this... I think if we... I, obviously, we're not at the end result yet, but I wonder if the Don't Railroad thing will morph and transform a bit and maybe become more akin to more of what Boo has said. Um, we'll see... We'll see how it goes. Um, I don't... I honestly don't think it will. Um... Mm. But not for any, like, nefarious or malicious reasons, right? It's just, I feel like um, railroading is seen as another thing that's very... And it and it is a problem when it happens with, like, somebody who is doing it because, like, they want things to go a certain way, and they need them to go a certain way, and fuck the rest of you. It needs to happen this way, right? Um, yeah there are instances where it's a problem but as as boo has point put out like using it as a tool to kind of learn and understand the game and then you know kind of grow from that perspective and then kind of get into a more open freeform thing where you don't do that or you don't yeah. do it as much at least and you continue to hopefully like get better at not railroading um, yeah and the experience. thing is if you have a if you have a story that happens in a place that the players are not in, but you yeah. need to get them there. The problem that you'll have is that the players need to start in point A, but the story is in point B. Hmm. And the story is not as effective if they start in point B. Hmm. You know, they need to hear rumors about, oh, some shit's happening in point A. Right. But if there were, I mean, not point B, but if they're already in point B, there's no point in having the, you know what I mean? It starts getting I, weird. I, it's it's one of those things where you, it's, there's a lot of, like, as we've, the big thing about what we're going for, I think, right now, is that experience will really teach you a lot more than just listening to advice. Um, yeah. Actually going through and kind of figuring out your style, figuring out how your table is going to be, how you can run things, how you prep, like, Finding all of this stuff out is very important, but it's not something you're going to get by just listening to people, right? Yeah. Um, it is helpful to get advice and to get all of this stuff together beforehand if you so desire. There is nothing detrimental in, like, uh, inherently by asking for a little help, but um, ultimately, you're going to find out a lot more on your own when you actually do try and, and DM and do all this kind of stuff, right? Um and so experience is the greatest teacher um yes and so just keep that in your mind more so than you have to follow every single piece of advice right like that's obviously everything is you know going to be different mm -hmm. um lots to like even if matt uh did like a video mm -hmm. of like prep for a session like where he shows like uh a few episodes after like uh that session of critical role layers he says hey um this is like 
all six to eight hours of prep I did for that one session of Critical Role. Right. That still wouldn't be that helpful. No. Because... Then people would go, I need to spend six to eight hours prepping every time. Well, not only that, but, like, the thing that we understand as DMs is that prep changes prep session to prep session. True. Mm -hmm. Like, three hours of prep one night may be uh naming npcs and filling out a town mm-hmm. prep the second night maybe uh making rolling tables mm-hmm. it's just kind of whatever you go oh wait now that i should have this i should make sure like to stand out two combat encounters and have them ready by this date um like a a prep session is just kind of what you what you need to do Mm -hmm. uh there there is no one solid advice or example that could be given or used yeah um another thing that's very valuable um when you're learning uh obviously is just playing the game as well like being a player Mm -hmm. is also a very good teacher um, yes because you learn how the mechanics work and all that shit beforehand right like it's just you know a lot of things that you learn as a player can obviously be implemented as a dm because you know how this shit works right you know Mm -hmm. how you're going to um your your characters will roll things and all this kind of stuff like it's all very interchangeable and even if you don't start playing and you just start reading and start doing it on your own you can still learn the same stuff um but like being a player is just another avenue that you can take of like this is how i learn this stuff right if you're more of a um hands-on learner i guess in that kind of way you know well i guess hands-on would be more just running it um but it, it it's just another avenue basically yeah um uh let's see <laughs> if players aren't oh. playing the game oh sorry go on also i i would throw out just as an additional bit of info yeah if anyone is listening to this who is looking for prep on like how to prep um speaking personally Hmm. i have my notebook for a campaign that i've not run in like going on two years Hmm. um i if like any of my players were like hey, can I see your notes for this town just to see, like, how it's all organized and, like, uh, so I know how to, like, set up and do my own prep? I would be like, yeah, of course, and I'd take a picture and I'd send it to them. Sure. Because almost any DM that if you ask, hey, can I have some information that, like, Maybe it's even in a campaign you're currently in, but mm-hmm. it's like maybe like a month or two old. Just be like, can I just get some information just so I can base a framework around, um, or that I, can I just get some information that uh, can serve as a framework for me for how I structure things? I'm not looking to metagame. I'm not looking to right. gain any info that I wouldn't have already. I want old information. Yes. Um, almost any DM would be elated to give it to you because chances are 
there is a solid 30% of that information that you never even touched and it gives them a chance to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Also true. Also true. Um, and you might even get like inside information on how they came up with that shit and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's... <laughs> I'd be so bad for that. I... <laughs> all my prep is very spur of the moment a lot of the time. Um. Yeah, uh, let's see. Yeah, if the players aren't playing the game right, they need then they need rails. What's so hard to understand? Thinking face and then smiling face. That's right. <laughs> I'm going um, to railroad my players with uh with a rope. Ah, very good. <laughs> well, next one says, "Rail them without consent." Yeah, They'll yeah, thank the, you for uh, it. Wow. Uh, I would never rail players in that way. That's good. Um, railroading usually is looked down upon especially for novice DMs or really controlling DMs like myself that open the gates to the mind goblins there's a way to it uh, to do it well but it's very conditional yeah. yes um, just play sandbox style games I mean you could but it's a lot harder to yeah, manage when it's you're very a, new, difficult. a new person right like again you could try it and I'm not saying don't try it but it yeah. might be harder you could do a sandbox style for your first DMing campaign like I did. Yeah, me too. But no, that's not true. It didn't break me. <laughs> um, North going Zach's campaign. There you go. Uh, just because something prepped isn't used at the table doesn't mean the prep material was a waste. Oh, no, exactly. never. Never. Yeah, no. It's always going to have value to you or it's going to have just it's going to be there just in case like it's there's never anything that is wasted if you've prepped something i i mm. thoroughly believe that dms to railroad their there players be, some dms prep have there be two roads in the forest but mm. prep out five different roads sure and mm-hmm. now now you've got various roads throughout that forest and if you're like there's ten roads in this forest. <laughs> which road is roads. Which, which road is which? And on each each new roll road, you roll a d8 and you say, "Ooh, five. Uh, what was road five? Ooh, an <laughs> yeah, owlbear. right. Right. Yeah. <coughs> the case of mistranslation. It's not the act of preparation that causes DMs to railroad their players. Some DMs prep very little and still force their players to follow a certain path, and many extremely prepared DMs make the choice to follow their players' lead. That's because it's not really about how much you prep, it's about how you respond to your players' actions. And by the way, I'm totally that clearing my throat. Um, I'm totally... We, we had one... Uh, <laughs> One DM, we, we sort of called him out on it, uh, the fact that his road, uh, his world didn't feel very lived in. Sure. Mm. Um, and um, the fact that he was like, you know, the, this is the, the fighting festival arc. Now this is the new uh, fighting festival arc. Uh, oh, jeez. Okay. Um, <laughs> just said that to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah like she's saying it's it's just it's dependent on um how you respond i that's 
it's just something that you gotta learn to roll with it, right? Ha ha! Ha ha! Um, anyway. Uh, a definition I've heard from Matthew Coville is that bad railroading is ignoring the player's good ideas. Yes. Yes. Instead of saying, oh yeah, you could try that, absolutely. Um, you go, no, there's only the way that you can do this. Mm. Uh, okay. No, there is only the way that I thought of. Yeah. Mm. ...at the table. Which brings us to part two, don't waste prep. To be more specific, don't waste time preparing things that you may not end up using. This is inherently tied to the railroading thing, because if you spend a lot of time preparing something that your players will only encounter if they make certain specific choices, you might feel compelled to force your players into making those choices so that you don't have to toss all of your hard work into the garbage. But just I mean, it's a potential thing, absolutely, but also, like, no. <laughs> you could just go... Ah, they, they missed it. Oh well, maybe I can use it for yeah. a later thing, right? Um, I don't, yeah. But I get what you mean. It's it's something that for new players, they could just be lulled into this whole, I made this, you must experience it. Right. Just like the Don't Railroad translation, this one breaks down because of an assumption. That assumption being, the more you prepare, the more you're attempting to predict players' choices. And this is absolutely false. It is entirely possible to prepare thoroughly while still allowing your players freedom during the actual session. Okay, but how? If the answer isn't preparing less, then what is the answer? A fantastic question. I would like to propose a revision of this advice into two parts that I think are more helpful to beginners than don't over prepare. First, prepare flexibly. Some preparation is valuable no matter what your players choose to do. Dan Dillon put it well in that Twitter thread that I mentioned before. Preparation is not about a script. It's about having a solid understanding of what's going on in the world around the PCs. For example, in one of my home games, a cult has been- So like, it, it, it is a guideline, right? Like, like what we said before, yeah. like many times. You're, all of your everything is a guideline. You get A, you get Z. How do they get to Z? Fuck if I know. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, Who the fuck knows? Like, there's double F in the middle there. That's an important plot point that we'll get to. Um, mm -hmm. But how they get there, that's up to them. Uh, yeah. You know, this puzzle that'll get them G that can unlock uh, S? Man, whatever. How do they yeah. solve it? You know, they'll solve it. They, um, they need to, in order to progress, they have to get into this castle and fight this guy. How do they get in? Who the fuck knows? Right. They do. Maybe. Exactly. Hopefully. They'll uh, figure it out. And if they don't, that's well then... Me to, that's not for me to fucking choose. Yeah. And then if, <laughs> now, if, if they don't, then we just go, well, uh, we'll figure out a different way to get them to get there, I guess. Now, this does actually change a little bit if you are trying to uh, prepare a lot. Um, yeah. If you are actually trying to over-prepare. So, in most cases... If you want to get, if you need your players to go in the castle, all you say is they need to get into the castle. How? Who gives a fuck? Right. But if you want to over prepare, this is what you would do. You say your characters need to get into the castle. And then you think up as many of the most obvious choices that they could do. Sure. And then you start planning shit out from what could happen if they take them. So, mm -hmm. like, they climb over the wall, or they take the drawbridge, or they dig up underneath a wall, or, I don't know, they bash the 
a wall, they blow up the wall or they climb in through a window. And then you start being like, well, if they climb in through the window, then the the Duchess sees them. Or if they go over the wall, the guards will see them and start Mm. firing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's when you have these branching paths and that's way too much. Yeah. You can get lost in the weeds if you try to go for everything. What I think is something that you could do, I guess, is if you want to go more specific and you want to do more, um, I guess, circumstances, you could go if they are spotted right like yes you you make it a conditional thing instead of it being a, a an absolute right um yes. just states of being more so than um choices made right mm-hmm. um so it's like uh, if it is a sneaky thing if they are seen what happens what happens if they are seen by this group and this group it really depends on how many people there are, I guess, that they could be seen by, you know, or is it just a generalized kind of thing? There's there's thought that you can put into there, and even that can become something you get lost in the weeds about. Um, mm-hmm. But it really, it's one of those things where a condition is just, if spotted, uh-oh, you know? Like, yeah. Something like that could be as simple as, as over-preparing a little bit more, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Aiden, you were going to say something? Uh... So typically, at least personally, the way I tend to prep mm. is um, with the example of, the, I, I don't know, they get in the castle, like, I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah. uh, if my players were to ask me, like, oh, well, how do we get in there? Uh, the response I say is, that's not for me to know, that's for you to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I, I mean that in that, uh, so I had a one shot I put together a while ago about uh, some kids that were going to try to sneak into a candy shop the day it opened. Mm-hmm. And I had um, ways to get into the candy shop. Like I had like, there is a skylight. Um, so if someone were to like, try to jump and make their way over there they can Mm -hmm. um there is a nearby like a tailor shop so like Mm -hmm. if you want to do the three kids in a trench coat routine (laughs) we absolutely can Mm -hmm. but like i the most prep i did for like each of those options was like okay how hard should like jumping an alleyway be oh sure how how dense is the city okay how tall is everything okay yeah sure uh i'd set it this number i guess um when it comes to the three kids in the trench coat i'm like okay what would i do uh have them roll balance checks and then set (laughs) dc for a stealth sure based upon how well they did on like 20 minus the balance check sure yeah so like if you do like if you roll a 17 then that's three difference from 20 to 17 Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh so then you have a base stealth that you need to roll uh 15 and then plus that three so you need to if you roll a 17 balance you need to roll an 18 um uh stealth and the worse you balance the higher the stealth check goes up. Sure. Mm-hmm. The other thing um, about this over-prepping, quote-unquote, of um, 
solutions quote that you could be doing i guess um or at least entry points or, or options i guess more so um can help if you um if you know your table and you know that your players are going to be suffering from maybe some analysis paralysis um mm. giving them some things that would be like a very common thing of like you could just go and knock on the door you know you could just like things that anyone would think of in the moment right yeah. very very simple things that may or may not be beneficial or detrimental it really just they're options that are there um just so you can give them get the ball rolling maybe um as the dm if they go i don't i don't know what I, uh we gotta get in there I, you know it, it it really depends on like time that they're taking and all that kind of stuff right um but having those options there for if that would be the case obviously getting to know your table is something that might or might not be something that you can do beforehand um if you know these people beforehand usually i would assume that if you're starting out uh you would do that with your friends and so you'd probably know them a little bit uh, i would hope i i don't know <laughs> um but it also depends on um, what kind of characters they're making and so you just got to take that into account as well because sometimes people make characters with analysis paralysis and then it's like oh fuck <laughs> mm -hmm. um but that's a whole thing with like session zero and you know, there's a bigger conversation there, obviously, that we've gone over many times. Mm -hmm. um, you can advance the thing they avoided in the world like time has gone by and things have changed because of what your party did and didn't do. It gives the players opportunity to still go there. Absolutely. Mm. Um, long time no see, gang. Hey, it's Durat here. What's up? Hello. Oh, hello. Good to see ya. Hey, this is Boo, and you're listening to Table Talk. Spreading a drug that siphons magical energy. The DM, Jesse, undoubtedly knows where the drug is coming from, what it does to users, and what the cult is getting out of it. All of that is prep, but he has no idea what we're gonna do to try and stop it, or yeah. if we're going to try and stop it at all. We could decide to capture and question one of the cultists, or to examine and treat one of the users, or to investigate the drug itself, or even to take the drug and see what happens. We could ignore the drug completely and pursue other threads. No matter what we do, Jesse's prep allows him to figure out what's next. None of it is wasted. Of course, sometimes you really do need to plan past player decisions. When Mark Humes and I talked about this, he suggested a simple way of looking at it. What's important, and how can your players reach it? Sometimes you need players to reach a certain point or learn certain information. Instead of... I would uh, actually have a minor contention about this. Okay. It's not what's important and how do your players reach it. It's what's important to your players and how do your players reach it. So I think the broader context, though, of it being like this is the story element that will advance them to the next section of the story, you know, um, kind of comes into play. Because, like, I agree with you. Um, I agree with you that it, it's more about what the players want and what they, what they desire to, to attain. Um, but I think in this case, if it's something that is going to be like a pivotal kind of thing, quote unquote, um, something that they take and they, that like, will get them, it'll unlock, like I said, like it, you get to G to unlock S as an option or something, right? Um, mm -hmm. having it so that it is what is desired is something that you need to do as a DM more so than, um, more so than making it, I guess, desirable or 
making it the the goal that the players want to work towards naturally is more important than forcing it to become the goal if that makes mm. sense yeah okay um does that do anything to your contention or no actually i'd i i would say you brought me on board okay Defining the path that your players have to take to get there, center your prep on that certain point or certain information, and let your players reach it using whatever path feels natural during but, the session. <laughs> I did it! I predicted it again! <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Maybe they learn about the royal conspiracy by eavesdropping on a noble, or by bribing or threatening an informant or by accepting a quest to dismantle it, or by being invited to participate in it. As long as you have a thorough understanding of the conspiracy itself, you can give players the freedom to approach it in whatever way they like. That all sounds very nice, but some prep just doesn't work that way. Like, what about combat encounters? You're right, encounter prep can take a lot of time, and players might completely avoid it. But remember, combat can be reskinned or relocated. If your players don't- Yeah, that's, that's literally the easiest thing that you could probably take and put somewhere else is a combat encounter yeah, yeah. like for example oh if the players are approaching a very very large hornet nest wasps <laughs> nest and the dm wants them to fight their way up right and they diplomacy their way in and that's have right to fight their way down except they don't fight their way down I'm the fucking queen, they fucking dude. do shit because I fucking, I mean, the DM. <laughs> I mean, this, put this too man many dudes in there. And it became a giant fucking pain in the ass to run. And so he gave up. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't your, think this really applies your, to what we're saying anymore. Your friend, sounds, your friend sounds like he's been through a lot. He has. <laughs> sounds like your friend needs a pat on the back or something. <laughs> Sounds, sounds like your friend should do a better job DMing. Yeah, it sounds like my friend should be better at fucking balancing encounters, but oh. he's never gonna fucking get that shit down. But it, uh, Is this the same friend that had the, the weasel encounters? Yes. <laughs> the, the, um... <laughs> but the thing is, your friend uh, can uh -huh. at least yeah. have those stats to use for something else if he ever if he ever indeed I do still I mean uh, he right he still has <laughs> all the stats and, right. for every monster I, they've ever put in the campaign right 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 so. and, and uh, I I don't know why but I have this strangest sense that your friend is my friend as well could mm. be and... <laughs> mutual friends. Yes, mutual friends. Must must be, must be. Must uh, be. Would you would you describe them as a Monty all DM? <laughs> yeah. 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 Just, yeah. 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 I am. Uh, he <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, um. Uh, yes, rock, paper, scissors can be reskinned to anything. You can even include Lizard and Spock into it if your players are advanced yeah. enough. True. The, the way you reskin combat encounters is you don't have rock, paper, scissors. Mm -hmm. You have scissors, paper, rock. Oh, mm -hmm. it's all like a whole new game. Yeah. Made by one man. Um, 
like legitimately there was a combat encounter with the displacer beast yeah oh my god i can finally fucking talk about this on the podcast hey so um my players were level three okay and displacer beasts are level four uh, cr4 yeah uh and so what i naturally did was i then buffed displacer beasts hell yeah uh mm-hmm. and made it so a single displacer beast was a boss battle cool yeah nice um then they the party stayed at uh where the displacer beast had made its den <laughs> And I went, oh no. And I described that, like, yeah, as you're going in, like, you find, like, uh, like, eviscerated deer that, uh, and I have them roll nature checks, and I'm like, it looks very similar to, like, when a cat, like, sort of, like, like, grabs, like, a mouse and starts, like, kind of kicking it. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um... It brings that idea to mind. You're not quite sure why. <laughs> There's like, uh, there was like muddy footprints in the house, um, or no, it wasn't it wasn't muddy footprints. It was um, uh, furniture had been moved to the side as if like something big had kind of moved it out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was a giant scratching post. And... Uh, <laughs> I, I did not do that, but that would have been a tempting idea. The support um, beam for the entire place is a scratching post. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. So, um, uh, the the party then rightfully goes, we should fortify our position. And they, mm-hmm. like, drive some nails down into the floor so the door can't open. Right. Um, they disassemble, like, a table and, like, prop it up in front of the tape like a big window and they do a very good job of reinforcing the place and i go good you get to dodge this combat encounter which is good because two of the party were uh oh no two of the party were level four one of the party was still level three and had a point of exhaustion okay Mm. Um, not too bad. Yeah, not the worst. Um, but then I juiced it. Hmm. Uh, would it would have probably like downed one or two people is hmm. kind of how I designed it. Hmm. So downing one or two people before it dies in a party of three people means it was meant to be a very lethal encounter that like was winnable there there were more like a 60 percent chance to win but Mm -hmm. that uh, that also means like a 40 percent chance to die um it was gonna be very tough to fight um Mm -hmm. and of course the rogue who had one point of exhaustion needed to stay awake for a second night uh to brew a potion um but um they did a good job fortifying themselves in so i described how like all day uh long i've been like hyping up this cat like uh <laughs> like sort of like indicating its lethality like yeah you find like dead animals like 
of things are moved out of the way as if it's big. And then later that night, um, they the rogue uh, was fairly perceptive, of course, uh, and was brewing a potion mm. when they heard like a scuffing outside. Mm-hmm. And it was the displacer beast had killed like another deer, mm-hmm. um, and was dragging it like uh like up the steps toward the door, when um the rogue was like watching the door, and the door started to open inward and went against the uh, uh the nails, mm-hmm. and then they heard the the thump of the uh the displacer beast letting the deer go and then heard like a little a smaller little like toke of the displacer beast like pushing against the door with a paw mm-hmm. and then they heard um four more footfalls hit the door as it kind of like stood with all four of its front legs on like the the front door mm-hmm. trying to lean in and like get get the nails out of the way um and the nails held and that was the moment when i went like yeah you know you you hear like uh up the uh door like you hear an additional four like uh you or an additional three for a total of four paws against the store and they're like well yeah it's a cat and then i went well in addition to the two legs it's standing on Mm-hmm. And they went, oh, it has six legs. Oh, and that was why when it was dubbed a long cat. <laughs> ah. And, and it jumped onto like the roof of the house they were staying in. And like it started padding across the roof. And they could hear all six of its footfalls across the roof. And eventually, uh, the, uh, the cleric made like an intimidation check in that fucking 20s. And like clanged a bunch of pots, right. so I'm like, yeah, you know what? That that would scare the cat off. Um, mm. And they they heard it like take off um, and like run away, basically. Um, and then the next morning, they found a dead deer out in front of the door, mm. and they were like, oh no, oh, fuck! And that was how I made like a, just a very basic like I mean, I players afraid of a displacer beast. Pretty cool. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is like, it, it's all in how you describe a scene, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not so much in being like, oh, you, you find a big cat in front of you. It's like, set up the story, I guess. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And now you have that displacer beast in your back pocket. <laughs> so that I you did. Can, you can bring it back any moment. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did. And yeah. they, they fought it and they killed it. There you go. Um, nice. Yeah. Very cool. They I rolled percentile checks to see how lucky they were leaving and they rolled like an eight <laughs> percent. And and I was like, cool, you know what? The displacer beast is stalking you. Yeah, mm. yeah. Exactly. You were in my den, idiot. Why did you do that? Now you are my food. Mmm. 
end up going into the forest where you had prepared a fight with some wolves, then maybe it becomes a fight with some feral dogs in the city, or some escaped giant squirrels or something at the circus. The players talked their way out of that fight with the guards that you spent an hour preparing? That's fine. Those guards are bandits now, and the party can encounter them in a few sessions when they leave the city. Or you can sit on that encounter for the next time that your players inevitably find themselves on the wrong side of some guards. I think one of the best ways to do this is to focus your encounter prep on the mechanics of the fight rather than the flavor. Flavor can be improvised, yes. but balance takes more work. The more you can develop this flexible mindset, the less pressure you'll feel to make sure that players do the right things, and the more you can adapt to the way that they want to interact with your world. One of the things about this mechanics, though, that you gotta remember is that, um, unless you're doing, I guess, it depends on if you're doing this, um, experience points-wise or milestone-wise, because the encounter mm. that you made before will have to be either beefed up or not, depending on levels and such, and what they have available, if they get magic items, if you allow that in your 5Es, or whatever. Like, it, it, there are a lot of other factors that you will now have to come into play um, if you want that encounter to still be something that is challenging, mm -hmm. right? Um, because the the band of guards, when you've gone through the city and then have, like, have had um, golds thrown at you and you can actually buy better weapons and better armor and stuff, band of guards are probably not going to be as much of a challenge later on. You know, mm. so you can make one of them into like a guard captain, right? Which gives them a little bit of a buff where they're like able to um, maybe have a legendary action to direct another uh, guard nearby to do a, an additional attack, right? In between mm. turns or something, right? You, you give them a little thing and they go, ha ha. Um, but you yeah. still have that initial prep that you can just build off of, which is incredibly useful. I yeah. would actually pause it that yes you you can like buff them in order to make a combat encounter like challenging and still be challenging to your players who are are gonna start punching above their weight mm -hmm. um but i would also put forth the idea that like you can also um just keep the stat blocks as they are um just so like say say they're like some bandits mm -hmm. that at level three were like a pretty challenging battle mm -hmm. and like at level 10 are some shit nobody bandits that like you're like do like let your players feel powerful sure yeah. um that that has its place as well but it does have to make a modicum of sense right because yes those guys at level three that were a challenge at level 10 for these players they probably have shit that if a bandit looked at them they would go uh-uh that ain't worth my time you know yeah um that's kind of i guess that's more my point is like you're making the 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 fight more suitable to the current situation is more than just the mechanics um it is also just taking into account the circumstances of this fight now um mm. so i guess overall still mechanical in a, in a in a respect of like if you need to buff something to actually make it work still um but it really it's just one of those things where it's like you, you got to figure that out at that point you know if you really want to use your bandit group you got to figure out if it will still if it will fulfill that you guys are fucking powerful at this point or if it will be like why did these guys even try i have fucking plate mail 
Yeah, why I came you... in with a fucking leather vest. <laughs> now I am leaving with plate mail. What are you doing, man? It's like when it's like in Fallout where the fucking raiders will be like, "Oh shit, you see that guy over there with the fucking minigun and the power yeah. armor yeah. and the death claw gauntlet? I'm gonna get that guy. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking get him. I'm gonna I'm gonna get that guy." Yeah, yeah th there's a meme I enjoy about uh, Skyrim, and it's like, hey, you see that guy that just killed a dragon and ate its soul? Yeah. Let's, mu let's mug him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, um, reminding me of a my current group, I have to break into a warehouse. They spied inside, yet someone fell off the roof. <laughs> Guard came out to question them, yet the thief pickpocketed his keys. Overall, my group avoided a conflict, got an alternative way to continue their mission. Uh, now they're going into the warehouse at night uh, that has different threats. Very cool. Yeah. Um, when a party goes somewhere they shouldn't be, uh, that they're not ready for, they start their first round T-posing against them as a final warning to turn back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I would imagine, though, at that point, you've warned them enough, you know? You've gotten mm -hmm. the, you got them to the point of, like, this is a place where if you go, it's pretty dangerous, okay? It's gonna be bad. Like, and, like, that'll only get you so far, right? You get, um, really seasoned guys go there, and then they fucking never came back. It's like, what does that mean, you know? Like, they might not yeah. visualize that immediately, but... If you have them go through an encounter and you get them to the point where they almost fucking die from like one guy, <laughs> then it's like, yeah, okay, well, maybe it's a little fucking tough. Or they get fucking uh, spurred on and they go, we can take them all. It yeah, really, I'm like what? Yeah. It it could it could go whatever way, <laughs> it, but you gotta. It, it it really comes down to a darkest dungeon coin toss of yes. like how will your players react? Yes, it is. <laughs> will they break or will they overcome or embolden? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then um, like the, the emboldened thing is, come on, guys! I bet there's good loot. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that reminds me of how bandits and the like in Witcher 3 attack you despite being a highly renowned Witcher who's known far- who's killed far bigger things. Yeah, but if they kill you, though, you know, they'll get- they'll, yeah. I mean, they'll be the talk of the town. <laughs> you know, they're, they're actually, um, my, um, my player who became my DM. Yeah. Um, his campaign is, like, a little power trippy, but, like, in a good way. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um... Actually, kind of, it's the same level of, like, power trippy that, like, Im imagine if Boo's campaign was a bit more anime. <laughs> I can't, I literally can't. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Oh, like, legitimately, like, hit someone into a mountain and the mountain breaks. Oh, like, oh okay, like, that over kind. The top. Okay, yeah, no. Okay, Got gotcha, it. gotcha. Yeah, no. Yes, okay. that. Um... But there was, uh, at one point, some shit nobody bandits were, like, going to, like, hold us up. And we're all like, <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> when one of the bandits went, uh, like, and, like, tapped his, like, his eyes went wide. And he, like, tapped his, uh, like, captain, more or less. The, the bandit captain. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. on the shoulder. And is like, this I, th I think those are the Undertakers. 
Sure, yeah. I, it, <laughs> we, we need to, like, back off. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we, like, uh, kind of pointed at him and we're like, ah, if shit breaks out, you can live. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, the <laughs> uh, one of uh, the team members had changed, like, shape from, like, uh initially they were an air ganasi mm. and they mm. got a blessing that turns them into a fire ganasi mm. now uh the guard went <laughs> no and like pointed to the now fire ganasi who is also like almost like because it was a genie that did it like they're they're fat now Sure. Um, uh-huh. Okay. And when they're in Ergonasi, they're, like, super, like, slim, super svelte, and, like, mm-hmm. constantly, like, hovering about. Makes sense. And yeah. now it's, like, Majin Buu levels of, like, fire ah. Ganasi. Okay. okay. And uh, the bandit captain was like, no, it's not the Undertakers. Like, the, <laughs> what? what is that, Zephyr? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, immediately, like, we all just kind of stiffened and, like, slowly turned at Zephyr as, like, they, like, cracked their knuckles and were right, like, oh, right. okay. Um, so you, you can definitely have, like, a shit nobody, like, bandits or guards yeah. that try yeah. to punch, like, and think they can punch yeah. way above their weight. Yeah. Um, and just just have it not happen. But you you can sometimes just have like a combat encounter where uh, the bandits run up to the person who just killed a dragon and ate his soul and pause <laughs> and go, you know what? Have a good afternoon. Yeah, I, I yeah I, I like that. I like that as a because that's a that's a good way to do it. Overconfidence. Overconfidence mm-hmm. is a great kind of tool that you could use every now and again as long as you don't. Like, Some may describe it as a slow and insidious I, killer. Yes, I figured you'd mm. go for that. I was hoping you would. Um, uh, but yeah, so using that as as a way to get those can- like you could absolutely do that to to have your like shit tier bandits come up and be like, "I am an encounter idiot." Um, <laughs> 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 um, but uh, yeah, as long as it makes sense, like I said, because in that case, like yeah, it, they fucking thought. They fucking yeah. thought, <laughs> you know, um, they thought wrong, call an ambulance, but not for me, uh, yeah. you know, um, so it, it works in that respect. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Uh, buh, 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 buh. uh if the T-Bosing the utter, doesn't work, oh, sorry. The utter power behind that sentence, like, oh God, I yeah. can't get over it. Yeah. If the T-posing doesn't work, lessons have to, have to be learned. They assume the pose that should have been enough to tell you you're in the wrong hood. Exactly. <laughs> uh, sometimes you just have to tell the players that these monsters have red bars with skulls floating over their head. Yeah, I mean, sometimes mm. you, you, yeah. you do have to be direct, right? It really does depend. Mm. Um, yeah, but if I saw a guy cleave a man in half wearing full plate, I would book it. Oh, yeah, most people would. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, most people would. Some guys no, are like, no. I can if I can get right under the armor, right in that little that little little bare spot under their uh, elbow. Man, mm. I got this. You know, <laughs> if I get in there with my dagger, yeah, I yeah. covered it with poison. <laughs> It'll get them in <laughs> three to six hours. I'm ready. 
Like, if they don't have poison resistance. Nothing has poison <laughs> resistance. I wouldn't know nothing anything about my, that. Nothing yeah, what are you talking about? has resistance to poison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, like, le legit, uh, there was actually an encounter once uh, where um, I had, uh, it, it was sort of like my character's arc, mm -hmm. and it was uh, the just a horrendous racist uh who is going to make uh who... so my character's hometown was racist and then a druid came and like start or a dryad mm. technically uh came grew a tree in the middle of a lake and started helping the town out mm. um but the dryad looks like an elf which was uh, problematic to the no. racists to the racists and and the dryad was like, hey, you know what? Like, even if you're racist, I will still help you. Just not as much as yeah. I would help the decent people. Mm. As a, And he did that as a way of, like, encouraging better behavior. Maybe stop being so racist and I'll help you yeah. a little more, idiot. Yeah, Come on. He's, like, he's like, I will cover your basic needs and what you need to survive. Yeah. Um, but if, like, you're a decent person, I will help you thrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the head racist got... <laughs> Kicked uh -huh. out, got kicked out of the town, and was like, oh, "No, that dryad sucks shit." I'm a racist. Um, <laughs> I'm a racist. <laughs> I'm gonna leave uh, and then come back later. And when he racist. started to come back later, <laughs> he had made an, a deal with a creature from the Feywild. <laughs> he actually became and, more racist. And he did. <laughs> um, I was making And further, furthermore, he was building a dirty bomb. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> of a bunch of like essentially poison and fire, <laughs> and it was like, racism. I, I, I will burn down that tree, which is a magical tree that definitely takes damage from normal bombs. That's right. Um, because I'm and, very racist. And my poison fire bomb not only poisons you as well as burns you. But will poison the lake in the center of town, so the town will, will be destroyed, die. and everyone will die, and the dryad will be dead, and I can return to the ashes as their racist king. <laughs> oh my god. Dude, I love it. So racist. <laughs> and nth levels of, ra of right, racism. Right. Yeah. Um so. Um Jesus Christ. Uh, my character has problems with this guy, given that my character looks half-elven. And is, in fact, mm. not a racist. <laughs> also is not a racist. <laughs> um, and, like, we went there and, uh, literally, we were like, alright guys, that's the racist hideout. You can tell by the air of racism in the air. <laughs> and, uh... Smell it. Like, uh, on our way to the racist hideout, <laughs> I had straight up told my people, uh, like, my friends and, like, the, the people in the party, like, I told them in-game and out-of-game, when we get there, there is no stealth. I am going in there, and I am killing him. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 period. Okay. That, that, that is the end of the story. He is a and racist. And they're all like, he is a racist. Um... <laughs> 
to which I, I I have some minor contentions. Um, <laughs> my, minor, uh, uh. so minor that my character punched him once and he took thirty six points of damage. Um, Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. Because I I channel I was using uh, electrum brass knuckles. Oh, oh. Uh, oh, which which increased the power of my divine smites by one d eight. Right, and I did a fourth level smite. Uh, yeah, so I would that, hope you would. So, so that, that, that he was racist. You're trying to cleanse it. I that, mean, what else that, are you supposed to do? That's that's five d eight with the uh, the fact that his electrum went up to sixty eight <sighs> with the fact that uh, I had improved divine smite is seventy eight. Yeah. Plus one d four. Yeah. For my um uh uh you know the the punch. Yeah. Um, plus my strength, which was five, plus my charisma, which was seven. Yeah. Um, and I tripled, like, he had six hit points, man. He he was a racist. Yeah. That, that's all he was. He was right. just a racist. That's right. Um, and he had, like, oh, no, sorry. He had, like, 12 hit points. He was, like, essentially kind of, like, a basic-ass, like, guard captain. He's just a guy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because he's, like, you know, he's he's powerful... For, by for normal yeah. standards for the peasants um yeah um so he had 12 hit points and i dealt i think it was like 36 or 37 <laughs> points killed of damage. Him three times over. and i i killed him three times over which triggered a special homebrew rule that we have in our campaign oh. of when you tri- like when you double someone's damage they're dead instantly yeah when yeah. you triple their max you punch them into a cloud. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, you missed. They, 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 they just missed disintegrate. It. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and there were two people in the room, um, one of which was the guy helping make a dirty bomb. Uh, jury is still out on how racist he was. <laughs> well, um, he was assisting a racist, so yeah. I imagine he's... I think he's... He I think you term those... You, you term those people as racist adjacent. Adjacent, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, so the Rayjacent person. That's right. Um, <laughs> um, uh, literally, like, uh, <laughs> like as I entered the door into the room where they were, he swung an axe at me. Yeah. And yeah. I took one point of damage. <laughs> and my character, he's like holding the axe in front of him and he's like shaking the axe and he's like stay away my character's shoulder passed him punched <laughs> a guy into being a cloud <laughs> and the guy saw that and dropped the axe and As he's he like should. oh fuck yeah i think um, i'm done i think that's he, it yeah he he nat 20 actually um b- before i punched the person into a cloud he nat 20 against the ranger um, oh. Would you like to guess how much damage he dealt? Two. Four, actually. Oh, lucky. Yeah, uh, to someone who had like 120 hit points. Yeah, well, you know. Can't he, win them all. He did his best. He got a good hit in. Yeah, and th- that was when we sent him to the plane of imprisonment. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Where he lives to this day. As he should. <laughs> He's thinking about it. Uh, like I said, jury is still out on how racist he was. Absolutely, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, you Impossible didn't kill him because sure. you weren't sure. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, so I understand. We we held him and we're like, we'll decide what to do 
with this Ray-jacent person right. later. <laughs> later. That's a that's a future me problem. <laughs> the me next week problem. Mm. Just stay in the plane of imprisonment, like mm. for a while. We'll if we remember you exist, we'll decide what to do with you. Exactly. Um <laughs> Okay. <laughs> There's many more things that came in, let's see. Uh mm. uh uh, sometimes that isn't enough, then lessons gotta be learned, that's right. Uh, players that only play D&D just learn bad habits that have to be later crushed. Not necessarily. Um, but his power comes from racism. Without it, what is he? Mm. True. Mm. <laughs> he's, you just know, not, he's nothing. Complete tangent. Okay, I just started reading two things. Go oh, on. Geez. Uh, no, you're fine. Well, we, we're gonna be did, here all night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were in my character's hometown, and we met another of uh, the elusive re- read also ev- fucking everywhere racists. Oh. Um, and the NPCs uh, that we had talked to, we were like, "Hey, you know, where's some general stores around here?" They're like, "Oh, you can go to this, which is uh, it's a newer shop. It's nicer. Uh, the Dryad supported it." Yeah. Um, or you can go to and then uh, said the name of a shop that my character remembered right. uh, from when my character was a child yes. as the owner being extremely fucking racist. Oh, another racist. <laughs> oh, my God. This one didn't leave, though. Oh, <laughs> no, he did not. He did not um, want to become racist king. <laughs> um, what a bitch. That's right. <laughs> it's like the One Piece, but racist. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I'm going to be king of the races. <laughs> that that was Pippin. I'm go- Pippin was going to be king of the races. Ah, okay. okay. Uh, anyway, um, so uh, when uh, the team was like, "Yeah, you recognize this as a, a shop that was very racist." Everyone at the table did the Gendo pose. <laughs> What do we do about this man? And they were like, uh, so they, they did the Gendo pose, and then the, immediately after, they're like, wait, no, th- this is Aiden's thing. And they all looked at me, and I did the Gendo pose very <laughs> hard. And I'm like, I would like to go to the newer place so that we can buy what we need. And afterward, if we have any time, I would very much like to go to the racist place. <laughs> <laughs> and just to assess yeah 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 just to see how racist they still are right exactly yeah. they might have toned maybe it down not. a little bit maybe, maybe they're learning maybe they're learning maybe. and the, yeah that was when the dean was like yeah you know they're they're closed they're closing soon um as you approach you see, you see a going out of business sign and oh. you and we were all like ha Oh no, this is a place that the Dryad very much didn't like. Yes, mm. absolutely. Um, so my character walks in and immediately has a crossbow bolt shot at him. Oh! And the crossbow bolt, like my character's AC was 25. Right, of course, yeah. Uh, and this was an old man with like a minus 10 to his firing. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> it, it went wild and like destroyed a pawn there or, or no he was like i can't read the sign and my character was like 
ah, no, sorry, I'm an elf, can't read. <laughs> and, and, like, and, like, just continued browsing items while, like, the guy loaded a crossbow bolt, fired, and the, uh, the, the bolt went wide, hit, like, a pot off of, like, a, or, or like, a, a vase off of, like, a, a thing. Mm-hmm. And my character looks over to the broken pottery and is like, damn, elves breaking your shit. <laughs> nice. Uh, and that was when the old man decided to do what peasants think grenades are. Okay. Uh, and he picked up an alchemist flask. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my character looks at this old man who very, very much was, like, the, a sort of a, a shaky a shaky person. Right, right. Because he's not done old. him justice. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And looks at him holding and shaking the alchemist fire in his hand, and he goes, I wouldn't, and then the alchemist flask detonated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> person with one hit point took 1d4 damage. Yeah. And uh, uh. and the DM rolled a three. Ah, three times over, eh? Because my character, like, was going to, like, step behind a counter, like, and rush over and, like, try to, like, do, like, one point lay on hands. Right, and, yeah, not let him revive him. Because right. I, even though my character hates racists, he doesn't mm. want people to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's like, if someone can taste death and an elf brings them back will hopefully like get them to change their their viewpoint maybe the mm. racism will go down a bit just a little Ma- bit maybe, maybe it will go from captain racist to down to like lieutenant right yeah exactly they get a little um. bit of a demotion <laughs> 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 maybe, maybe the king of racists would have demoted them <laughs> um, yeah it's like man you died to somebody that you were racist against and then you were That's saved be a by them. Team, like, uh, yeah. i gotta i gotta take a few of those stars away yeah, <laughs> yeah. um oh but my God, because uh triple the character's max had been dealt <laughs> yeah my character arrived to find a smoldering pile of ashes that were <laughs> still vaguely racist <laughs> You can smell and it. You can smell it in the air. My, my yes, it got like a little like smoke trail that's right. in the shape of a skull. <laughs> um, and the, my character is like, ah, well. Um, what am I gonna and do that, yeah. that that was when we remembered that the dryad was like, please don't cause trouble in the town. And we were like. <laughs> <laughs> we had to we had a sending stone and we had to ring him up and we we're like hey so you know like so and so you know that racist? yeah That's hey, hey how he's super racist <laughs> against people who are elves and we have a person who looks half elven and like the dryad's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah so uh <laughs> he kind of like immolated himself <laughs> <sighs> yeah yeah I'll take care of it. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Uh, uh, sorry, half the party's actually headed to the King of the Races hideout. And, like, <laughs> just, oh, we, oh. we, we heard the headache that was happening on the other side of the Sydney Stone. We're like, your guns away, and we're like, bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair. Okay. Okay. So, 
Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, there's a bit fairly early in Critical Role Campaign 2 where some ambush, amb- bandits ambushed the Ooh. PCs, and after one guy got liquefied, the rest took a step back to rethink their life choices. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I yeah, do remember yeah, yeah. that. I remember yeah, that. It was really funny. And that also reminds me of when uh, we played my first Call of Cthulhu campaign. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you kind of fucking <laughs> blew up that guy's head with a shotgun, and the other guys are like... Yeah, let's uh, let's be somewhere else. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think I'm done being a cultist today. I I Kurt yeah. Cobain's that cultist two <laughs> times over. Indeed, indeed, you did. <laughs> you Kurt Cobain him oh. so hard. I was like, yeah, the dice don't fuck the dice. Yeah, they run. Oh, man. I'm like, I can't, I can't make an intimidation as part of my attack, but I. That is so uh, perfect. It does. St- yeah. It does make a statement. Yeah, um, I suppose I can give you a bonus, guys. I'm learning the power of racism now. That's right. Power gets you killed. Missed it. Poison the lake in town. Are you Kefka? No wonder you're so racist. That's right. Dude, I actually did. I it hasn't. It wasn't too long since I played through a little bit more of that game, and yeah, I remember that. Um, good good times. Uh, yeah. uh, oh, yeah. the, the guy who got my character collects like soul coins of sure. people's like souls to mm-hmm. try to like capture evil souls and turn them into like with good deeds mm-hmm. to purify them. Mm-hmm. Um, my character had three attacks. One was on the guy who got liquefied, right? And my character was in a blind rage. Um. So he kept punching, even though the person had been liquefied, yeah. oh, and like demolished the wall behind him. I dealt like an additional, like I think it was fifty-four points of damage to the wall. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, the, my my character was like, imagine every single traumatic childhood memory bubbling yeah. at once. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um. So, um, the wall that. That was now racist. Um, <laughs> um, like separated from the building, it was like a flying chunk of stone throughout the air and started falling down the hill, uh, where it then fell apart. And that was when my character came to a chilling realization of, I have no body I can press the soul coin to. Yeah, that man's uh, gone. Just find the biggest chunk you can. <laughs> That's what I tried, and it did not work. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. It, it was like my character picked up his shoe. Mm. <laughs> There's a little bit left in here, right? He's pulled yeah. in the toe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, my, my, my character realized what he had done and turned to the rest of the party, his face now covered with racist. <laughs> That's right. Um... Uh, let's see. Uh, does smite damage go up depending on how racist the target is? Yes. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. I will propose that to my DM. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, um, well, see, well, here's the thing. Be careful about that, because if you do that, he might not ever have racists ever again. <laughs> oh, you know what? You've made the world a better place. 
there is one battle left in this campaign, and it's the final battle this Sunday. And I know for a fact <laughs> that the dragon we are killing is very racist. There you go. Oh. <laughs> they tend to be. They do. Oh, um, this one. If uh, if Pippin was going to be the king of the racists, mm -hmm. I would define uh, Ember as uh, the the emperor, the, uh, of, the emperor of the racists, yeah. the god of racists. That's right. Mm. That's right. Um, no, that would be Tiamat. Uh, oh yeah, that's fair. Um, well, can she be racist because she has yes. five different colored heads? What? <laughs> yes, and that's like human? her true form. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, Anyway, I want to get through the rest of the stuff. Oh, so yeah, that'd be good. So Baldur's Gate chunking, yes. Uh, hey, I just like making bombs. Don't mind me. That's right. Mm. Um, punching a guy into a cloud just prevented the reincarnation of a racist for three generations. This is a good thing. There you go. Mm -hmm. uh, five minutes behind. Well, <laughs> you've caught up. I hope at this point. Uh, mm. Can I be a paladin of this racist town? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um, what bothers me in Skyrim isn't so much the cracked-out bandits trying to mug you, it's the fact that even after you've killed the world-ending dragon, there are still bandits that can take you. Uh, it's level yeah. scale. There you go. Um, this story reminds me of a scene from the Overlord anime. I haven't watched it oh, yet. Oh, uh-huh. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 with, uh, the girl. Sure. Uh, the... Yeah, yeah. 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 It shoves uh, her daggers into his eye sockets, and she's like, "What? She was racist." I don't. Wait, I don't think they attacked any racists in Overlord, did they? I, yeah, I, might, I just be a, it might just be. I just be meant a, the the Jason. girl bandit who is overconfident. Oh yeah 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 exactly. Um, he's racist and stubborn. There's your real villain refuses to leave, die, or apologize for his racism. <laughs> there you go. Uh, when is the episode where D&D defeats racism happening, gents? Oh, I wish soon. Um, that's Please. the most racist pile of ashes I've ever seen. That's right. Mm. If I let my first level D&D players glimpse a Baylor through the window of a giant skull-shaped castle at the top of an internally erupting volcano and they go in there anyway, they're going to be learning a lesson. Yes. Yeah. Um Inanimate objects, racism, you hate to see it. We're now justified in property damage, no door left unsmashed. <laughs> there you go. Um, Sa Sabos, the but battle butler who killed a bunch of elite slavers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. At some point, I will watch it, though. It's that very is, good. That is on my list. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Speaking of Overlord, it got renewed for a fourth season. Fucking finally. Oh, cool. It's been fucking years. Yeah. All right. Let's see if we finish this video out, boys. We yeah, got be good. three minutes left. We'll see. Yeah. Okay, sure. But one time my players said they were going to board a ship. So I spent the whole week coming up with a crew and researching seafaring combat. And then they changed their mind and teleported to the other side of the continent. Ouch. Listen, sometimes D&D is just like that. The freedom to do literally anything is part of what makes this game so exciting. Even flexible planning can still break when it's bent too far. It's an inevitable part of DMing that you will occasionally prep things that you don't end up using. Mm -hmm. But the more you can allow for player agency in your game prep, the less often this will happen. And the easier it'll be to laugh it off and let it go when it does happen. Which brings me to the...
and like you'll have those things in the future right like it's, yeah like if you ever want to do anything on a ship ever again you've got that done yeah if, it's if you set. if you ever need a racist sailor <laughs> that's right specifically yeah. you have everything you need yeah speaking of racist the comment section has something to say oh <laughs> no not necessarily Ugh. um <laughs> Yes, Overlord Season 4 comes out July 5th. Oh, nice. Wow, that's pretty soon. There nice. Go. God, I... Tangent, now that I've been reminded, um, I yep. don't want the 4th of July to happen. I don't need loud fucking <laughs> fireworks happening over my head. I just yeah. don't want to deal with that right now. Well, too bad. I know. <laughs> we gotta exert our freedom. Yeah. <sighs> Second part of my advice, prepare to your comfort level. Hey. Personally, as a DM, I thrive on feeling prepared. If I don't feel like I'm ready for the session, I feel anxious, and that comes out in my DMing. I am the most fun and the most engaged as a dungeon master when I feel confident, and preparation gives me confidence. I'm a person who loves lists and spreadsheets and notes. It's just who I am, even outside of a tabletop gaming context. I would much rather have prepared something that I don't end up using than need something that I didn't prepare. I am not by any means saying that it is not possible to over-prepare. It totally is. All I'm saying is that that's a line you're gonna have to locate for yourself i was just okay yeah i wanted to pause it before but i wanted to see if she said it um mm. the it's the experience thing again right like you're not gonna find out what's your what's your level of preparedness that you need until you start like actually doing it and um and the the there is a real chance that your preparing will get you to a point of perhaps over preparing to the point of anxiety or something like that right it just it really is one of those things that you kind of just got to go through you know? mm. um so don't be afraid of it even though it might not put you in a great situation for a little while you can at least learn how to deal with it and get through it and then you can mm -hmm. figure out what you want to do in the future to prepare in a in a way that's more comfortable for you sometimes mm. you unfortunately do have to go through something that makes you a little bit more uncomfortable to get to that point of being able to be comfortable Yes. That whole stepping out of your shell thing in a way. For mm. this at least. There are plenty of DMs who would look at my game prep and say that I overprepared. But if I've prepared to my comfort level, then I know I've done the right amount of prep. Once you've established that you're not gonna railroad your players, what's the worst case scenario of over-preparing? If it's just that you prepare something that you don't use, you get to decide whether or not that's a problem. I recently created a small town where I knew players were gonna spend at least a few days. Could I have come up with all of my NPCs off the cuff? Probably. But having a list of NPC names, descriptions, and brief mm. personality notes made me feel totally ready for the game and gave me a lot of confidence during roleplay. The players didn't meet every NPC, but who cares? For me, it was worth it. Likewise, you can decide how much you're comfortable improvising and let that inform your decisions. One key part of all of this, and a big part of my beef with this advice, is that beginner DMs often don't know their own comfort levels yet. You can read and research and ask for advice, and it can be helpful, but ultimately, nothing is going to teach you what works for you except for actually doing it. Oh it wasn't my God. other DMs <laughs> telling me don't over-prepare that taught me how I like to plan for sessions. It was... It's just, calm it's down. Just, <laughs> like, it's just every time, you know? I'm glad. I'm, I am glad. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. I already made this point. Shit. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad you got to there, but fuck. Mm. It's almost like... You, you know what you should be saying. 
It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that. Weird. Sitting down in front of a blank document. Oh, but I mean, so far, and we only have like 30 seconds left, but I, it's not going to come up at this point. But she didn't even go into the, the railroading thing can be at least beneficial slightly or anything like that. So we still have that on the table. Um, I, yeah. I, I, I would hope that it's known that railroading can be beneficial well, because add-on modules exist. Yes, and I, I agree with you. Um, but it's one of those things where it has been now kind of more um, put into the camp of this is not something that you should be doing um, yeah. in general. Yeah, oh, right, sitting right next to D&D 4E. Yes, and and but even in this video, it is it is more said as don't do it, right? Yeah. Um, which, again, we've come up with, and I th I think it's more of like if she probably gave herself more time to think about it, she could probably come to the same conclusion because if you if you just think about the fact that modules exist and they give you those guidelines and stuff that are kind of railroady in in their own sense, but are good for people learning the system, then she could probably also and I would honestly imagine come to the same conclusions that we do of like hmm. it is helpful for people that are learning this shit because yeah. it just it gives you that shit that you can just go through it and you you understand yeah. how it works and it's all there for you to to reference and off script it might be a little harder to to kind of figure that stuff out so it might become more railroady but hmm. that's just the way that it's going to be for that first kind of thing and you're learning already and it's okay to make the mistakes as long as you realize that they're kind of a mistake right hmm. Um, and you learn from and preparing for sessions and then running sessions and then reevaluating whether or not I prepared the right things. Wash, rinse, repeat. That's what I would like to see us teaching beginner DMs. Learn, explore, practice, and figure out what kind of DM you are. That's mm. why in these videos, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm trying to make you think, bring up new ideas, and challenge your assumptions. For more advice that I think beginner DMs need to hear, make sure to check out this video about five DM lessons that I wish I'd learned earlier. Yeah, I'm filming a part where I fall off of a chair because there's fire, and then I say, ah, my flesh. Okay. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> That's funny. Nice. Cool. Yeah, Good yeah. video. Indeed. For, like, the three or so minutes that we actually focused on it. What do you mean? I remember all of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I'd yeah. say the first 500 words. And that's what you get when you come to this, this stream, this, this show. You get yeah. mostly tangents and mostly stories and mostly just talking about things mm. other than the thing that we're t discussing. But usually yes. it's related somehow in some way. Yeah. That's, that's what you're here for. You're not Hopefully. here for what we're watching. No, no. You're here for what no. the fuck we're going to talk about. Uh -huh. Well, of course. We're here for our reactions, not a reaction channel. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. Um, yeah, you're here for us to just sit here and just say, mm-hmm. Yeah. Good video. In the best cases, it's just, yep. I Yeah, yeah and even yeah. in those cases, we at least have something to say, hopefully. You know, because yeah. I, no, no. I, yeah. I try not to get us videos that are like, we literally just have nothing to say. Right. Yeah. That's the um, problem with Seth Gorkowski videos. That's why I, good. I haven't, yeah, I haven't done any more of them like at all recently, except for the, the yeah. one that we did before. 
Um, yeah, because they're so good that we don't have anything to fucking say. And and usually we had just have a minor contention, but that's like so far in that it's like, are we even? Is it even worth our going through? You know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's just one of those things to balance. Yeah. But anyway, um, well, we've gone for two hours and thirty minutes, and um, as much as I want to get to the second video, um. I do have an appointment tomorrow pretty early in the morning to go look at an apartment. Hmm. And it's very um, important to me to not be, like, bedraggled and, and shit. Uh, yes. And put on a good first impression. So before, I think... Thank you. Yes. I think... Uh, before you close out the stream for the evening... Oh, there's, uh, we're still going to read comments and stuff. But yeah, go ahead. Okay, on. go on. I, I just want one final tangent about yeah. the dirty bomb that I mentioned. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Was hooked up to a was hooked up to a dead man switch. Yeah. Okay. Uh. So when I turned a man into a cloud. Yes. I I tanked a fucking dirty bomb with my face. Nice. Um, nice, dude. So wait, the dirty bomb didn't also turn into dust. <laughs> the dirty bomb was like a, a big thing on a table. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. And, uh, the, uh, the, uh, rajacent person That's right. who dropped his axe saw an explosion and then saw me shatter a wall. <laughs> and, like, even after having a bomb blow up in my face, still have enough energy to f kick the shit out of a wall. Mm. Um, and when, like, it was like, what the? <laughs> um, and because this is my hometown, I saw my parents later that afternoon. Uh, and they were like, "Hey, why is your face so racist?" <laughs> um, uh -huh. right. And I was like, "Oh, you know, that ate a fucking dirty bomb to the face." Mm. And my mother was like, it's been seven years. Why have you never contacted us? And started, like, going to, like, be, right. like, m my character's mother is very much the type of woman who tries to be, like, the, like, you're in serious fucking trouble and I'm going to, like, kick this shit out of you. Okay. And okay. my character was like, dude, I tanked Dirty Bomb to the face. What are you, what are you going to what do? What are you going to do? Yeah. Mm. Like, sorry it happened. I'll be better about it, but like, <laughs> what are you? I'm sorry to do? you feel that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, go ahead, slap me. I've only got another fifty points. Lay on hands remaining. <laughs> yeah, I will be fine. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, so. Let's get to comment reading, and then we'll shout out the patrons, and then we'll end it for the evening. Yes. Uh, but, uh, so, let me set this up like this. There we are. So, first off, five days mm. ago, Timothy Martin says, on our episode of Bad Harry Potter, TTRPGs, and more good old Garethe, uh, this was episode 86. Um, on this topic, I have a hard time seeing Harry Potter turned into a TTRPG. Maybe I'm missing, uh, something, but it seems like it does not fit the format, perhaps because the world basically revolves around Gryffindor's house, and, of course, Harry Potter himself, 
So yeah, I do agree with the guy in the first video about how every magic user can do everything with the right training that makes a standard class system hard to do. Plus, I do not see that uh, many people playing someone from... I, don't, I do not see many people playing someone from Hufflepuff. Sorry if I spelled it wrong. Uh, and most people who are not hardcore fans will not care about the lore and other things like that. Hell, before I saw the, all the YouTube videos talking about the lore, I did not know any that reading the books or the movies growing up uh i assume that we're in those uh it might just be better to just play a wizard ttrpg without the harry potter brand that is balanced well i think i'm done have a nice day everyone smiley face mm. thumbs up very cool yeah yeah i mean that was the whole thing about it like um we would have to come up with a completely different system that would work with how Harry Potter works if we wanted to make it into a TTRPG, I think. Like, yeah. you can you can put the skin over anything else, sure, but, like, if we wanted to be specifically, like, for this world and, and like, how the magic works, it's a whole thing. It's yeah, a whole essentially you would need to create, like, a, a magic dueling system. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind I... of what happens in like every Harry Potter yes. like spell battle. It's usually a duel. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I like using stats like bravery and stuff like that, where it's it's more just these concepts that apply to spells more so than yeah, um, like spell lists or anything. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, oh, I didn't read some things. Uh, uh, I feel like you could make an ex exalted character whose damage goes up the more racist the enemy is. Probably. Yeah. Uh, sir, sailors are sexist. Get your discriminatory stereotypes right. There. They can be both. They can be both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, come on. <laughs> anyway, uh, I feel like I went to the D and D racism one hundred and one class on how to do racism right class. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, that's right. But when I joined a Roll20 game and turned on my webcam. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yike. Um, roller coasters are technically on rails, but people have lots of fun riding those things. It's all about orientation, management, and onboarding. Yes. Railsist. <laughs> Railsist. Uh, if I had to do it over again, I probably would have run a module for my first time DMing. Of course, some modules are written better than others. Yeah, I was fortunate to do... Um, uh, Expedition to Castle Ravenloft specifically, the one for 3.5 that was more open-worldy than it was, like, um, uh, strict. In linear. The, yeah, linear. That's the word. Brain couldn't think. Yeah. Um, Very good. But, uh, so it really, it, honestly, that probably shaped me on how I, I run things, right? Because mm. it being more open-world allowed me to just do shit, and it was great. Because I had all these things mm. that I could work with, and there was just this whole place, right? Yeah open world quote unquote but you know yeah anyway continuing on uh timothy again says on uh last episode uh broadening our ttrpg horizons uh these games sound cool maybe someday i'll check out some one shots or campaigns for them if i get the time lol great show guys as always also good to see aiden and good luck with the broken doorknob. That's right. You came in saying you broke your doorknob or something. Oh, yes. Uh, my doorknob is still technically broken. Ah. But I... So I had two locks when I moved in. I had a deadbolt and yeah. then my doorknob lock. 
Yeah. Um, and my doorknob falling out mean, meant, of course, I could not use my doorknob lock. So I was relying on solely my deadbolt. But <laughs> I figured out how the temporary replacement doorknob lock works mm. um, and got it working. So I am back up to two locks. Good. Well, there you go. Never fret, everyone. Um, okay. Uh, and then again, uh, or not again, uh, then also on that episode, Unit Rico says, Oh, I'm definitely with you guys on not watching Twitch much. Uh, the not, not, watching, not watching Twitch much thing, especially for longer story-based games. I just worry I'll end up missing something and not be able to follow what the hell's going on. Hell, the reason I like watching YouTube and stopped watching TV is exactly because I can choose when and what I want to watch. Uh, also, mm. the T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T thing is read as true cult. It's basically a meme that descri describes tryhard metal fans who claim how any band that isn't banned in uh, at least three countries for setting churches on fire isn't proper metal and shit. Oh. Ah. Weird. Okay. Good to know. Thank you. But only because mm. I'm a metalhead. Oh. Oh. Um, my door handle is broken, so if I go in my bedroom and close the door, I'll be trapped, says Lux. Oh, <laughs> my God. You can get that fixed. <laughs> you, mm. um, you could be an NP, a dead NPC in a zombie survival game. Mm. Man. Uh, and then also on that last episode, Lux says... Uh, Rewatching it on its own, the Savage Worlds video actually did explain what bennies are right after he mentioned them. I think you might have actually just missed missed hearing him say it. The description he gave oh. was pretty brief, so that would be easy to do. Okay. Hmm. So if we in that case, then um, I'm glad that he at least did a description on it. Um, it, I mean, it probably would have helped. <laughs> yeah. With our understanding, but anyway. I don't think it takes away from a lot of what we were saying, though, except for those parts that we were talking about the Bennies thing specifically. Hmm. Um, at the same time, that term Bennies just landed badly on my brain. I don't like it at all. Yeah, you and me both. Um, also, when he rated the complexity 4 out of 10, I don't think he's saying it was bad because it was complex, but more like he was saying that on a scale of 1 to 10, the level of complexity would be a 4, but that there are optional rules that you can add to make it more yeah i think that i think we got that um i don't know if we were we were just did we misunderstand that or because i thought that it was more just like it was weird that he put that when he was also yeah it was just kind of weird really i don't know it again if if uh if we misunderstood or anything then apologies um hmm. so i actually can't remember exactly what i said um but it was more kind of just playing into it. Because it's like, oh, 4 out of 10, not very complex. But later on, a little more complex. It's like, okay, mm. well. Simple and simple. complex. Simple, complex words mm. on the screen. Yes, yes. Um, anyway. Uh, I had to rewatch a few parts of it because my brain wouldn't focus. But overall, I found it helpful. That's good. Uh, I appreciate the explanation he gave of how to generate a character and how to roll a check. That gives me some idea of what playing a game with the system would be like, and that makes me a little bit more likely to try it at some point than I would have uh, been before. 
Um, I'm not as bothered by the use of the word simple and flexible here because at least he didn't turn around and say this made it inherently better than some other system that was more crunchy there. Um, it doesn't make the system inherently better, but if a system is in fact simple and flexible, there's nothing wrong with saying that it is because that could be uh, what someone is looking for. I don't believe he ever really implied that simplicity was inherently better, and I didn't really see him attacking other systems for being less simple. Yeah, I don't think we said that, so... But um, I don't remember. I don't. I I'm actually pretty confident about that that we didn't say that. But mm. um, I, if that was the implication that we gave across, then uh, that is not what I want to have been uh, the intention. So apologies. Mm. Um, for the traveler video, the entire first minute and thirty seconds could have been cut out without anything important being lost. Yes. Luckily, it went uphill from there, but that was not a good opening. Uh, I get the mood he was trying to create, but it's likely that I would have clicked anyway, uh, clicked away in that time if I had just been watching it for myself. Yes. Unfortunately, I can't really say it did its job of catching my interest all that much. What interest I did develop in Traveler came more from your own discussion than anything he said. He might have made a decent pitch for science fiction roleplay in general, but based on his presentation alone, I don't think I would have come away convinced that Traveler itself was the system I should use for it. The character generation minigame is interesting, but it wouldn't be enough by itself. Uh, not that it was a bad video other than the opening, but I really mm. would have needed him to spend less time creating a mood and more time giving me information about the system to actually convince me. The only real takeaways I got were risky character generation that might not give you the character you wanted and massive setting. Though yes. honestly, yeah. Though honestly, I, I would still need to do more research to actually know just how much detail has been established for that setting or whether it's just mostly uh it's mostly just a bl big blank canvas for the table to fill in. Mm. Uh this is not to say that I'm not interested in Traveler, but not because of that video. Still, I think Starfinder is higher up on my list of games to play right now, and the only thing I know about it is that it's a spaceship RPG made by Paizo. Yes. Um, seriously, even though I can't stop saying bad things about it, I really didn't dislike that video. I keep trying to end this comment on a positive note, but it's just <laughs> not happening, so I guess this is it. Ah, oh, you're fine. No, okay. no worries. <laughs> ah, you're fine. We don't always have to be positive, remember? Yeah. Fucking... It's, it's sickening if it's always positive. Hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, again, it wasn't like a bad video. It just literally it just didn't as you, really do its job very well. No, as you said, all of, all of what I learned about traveler was from boo explaining it. Yeah. Like, because he had knowledge of it and I was like, yeah, this sounds sick. Cause he was just yeah. kind of going like, look at this, this is a thing. And I'm like, okay. Mm. Looking at it with the context, though, that Boo was adding, I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, because this it's is fucked." <laughs> I love like it. I like I said in the video, if you don't have the context, it's word salad. Yes, exactly. And it really does not do that character creator justice. No. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the comments. Mm. Um, so thank you for those, everyone. Always, again, always, um, do, uh, call us out if we misinterpret or any of that kind of stuff. It is very useful, very helpful, and I, uh, I will, uh, always be appreciative of you keeping us, uh, honest and, in, and our integrity intact. Um, 
But yeah, other than shambles, that, but... what's it? I said, oh well, mine's in shambles, but <laughs> well, you know, overall, I think uh, <laughs> I think we can. Three. Yeah, it, you know, <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, so if any of this tickled your fancy, and you're newer, or you just you know at this point are just like, hey, maybe now's the time. We do have a Patreon. That is a thing. Uh, you can go and donate to it if you want to, slash also have the um, ability to. Don't feel like it's an obligation, please. Um, it is just there as a, a way to help run the show. Um, so mm. you are directly helping to support. Um, it is an option. Again, optional. Um, so, that being said, of course, we will thank... Our lovely patrons who do mm. help support the show, going from the top, that is Draco Kraken at tier four. Thank you, Mog Zero also at tier four. Thank you as well, Rick AKA Unit Rico at tier four. Thank you so much, Slazer at tier four. Thank you, Steely at tier four. Thank you, thank you, Drake Cross at tier three thank you uh chris at tier two thank you doom priest lux at tier two thank you uh frozen spaghetti at tier two thank you as well uh and last but not least of course kill chrono at tier two thank you so much thank you again to all of you uh that support us this way again not something you need to do and those of you who have been doing it for a long time now it's insane um what are you why <laughs> thank you um but Indeed. um you I, you make me self-conscious <laughs> uh other than that and of i course, just beg for more that's <laughs> right <laughs> I have my two hype men for giving us money, and I try to I try to squish them down as much as I can. Yes, um, I, don't really, I don't really hype people into giving us money. I I just like make insane. I just ask over, over, or overreaching like I know uh, requests. Like you know, you 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 could be like my favorite uh, fan <laughs> if Ugh. you donated money. I might even remember your name for a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I hate that. Um, uh, of course, if you would like, you can get our good old logo on uh, a shirt or something uh, that is offered over at T Public. A uh, percentage of it will go to the artist. Um, and uh, at some point, we're going to get uh, probably a new logo uh, to go. Um, to, to kind of use um, because need one and uh, I've yet to find somebody who can get me the background that I want for our fucking show layout mm. because I want a table with like di I, I have a whole layout that's I've designed that's like shitty and I want somebody to make it good um, but it was like 3D model or? no 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 it's just it's oh, just okay. a uh, it's just a little thing I made in GIMP Ah. it's just a little thing of like this is what i want to look like but better thank you mm -hmm. um because having a visual representation is probably more helpful yeah. than me saying i just wanted to look like a table and it's cool mm -hmm. um but anyway 
other than that, of course, you can support us through uh, Humble Bundle because we are partnered with Humble Bundle. A link in the description will let you uh, go on the store and anything you buy through it. Using that link uh, to get you there uh, will support us as well as Tabletop Alliance, which uh, also has a link in the description for you to uh, go and learn more about their charity. Mm. Um, so uh, if you would like, you can do that. Um, oh, there's a Talisman collection going on right now, which is a uh, virtual board game that's actually um, pretty cool. Nice. Um, I like it. It's neat. Uh, so th that's something for you if you if you want that. Um, other than that, it's got books and other things. Um, Humble is a great site. I will always endorse this uh, site because it's just, it has given me so much and I am helping. <laughs> Even, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not an addict. I'm helping people <laughs> oh, okay. when I buy games off it. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't have a problem. You have it's a problem. Yeah, you can quit it's, not, it's it's not an addiction; it's a donation. Exactly. Mm. Um, <laughs> but all jokes aside, legitimately though, it, it is a great great site. You get a bunch of good deals for for uh, however much you want to pay, and it helps. It, it actually yeah. does. So it's I got I got something off of Humble a little while ago, and I was like, Alejo, give me give me a code for Humble. That's right. Mm. And I gave him the link, and he clicked it, and then it said, "Oh, you support Table Talk? That's crazy! Oh my God! Yeah, and I was, I was no, I was not like, many people do. <laughs> That's true. And, and I was like, ha ha ha! I'm making money back. Well, I'm oh making, God. I am making money by buying games. Yeah, that's how that, that works. That's yeah. how that works. Um." <laughs> Xbox outsells PlayStation consoles in Japan recently. Hell is frozen for sure. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not an addiction. It's a donation. Why are you guys in my brain? <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to us, Con. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, that's that's everything. Um, yeah, I think for that's tonight. It. I'll have to rename the stream. It's just the. Fucking uh, uh, bad advice and tangents, really. Yeah, um, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but it, like, they're all pretty relevant, so it, it works. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a fun time. I never, I, 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 I never I, I disappoint. Would dare, I would dare say our listeners are now far more um, aware of the politics of racism in my DM's world. Exactly. Yeah, and where they and, get exploded, and that's pretty much it. That's right, <laughs> August. There's your title. Bad advice. Don't support racism. That's right. Mm. Not not with well, the comma there. It has to be there, though. <laughs> yeah. One, one person had an explosion and then died. The other died and then there was an explosion. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Um... But yeah, uh, so uh, obviously if you're, hey, I'll do the thing that you're supposed to do on YouTube, um, you're new or something, you could subscribe and all of that. Yeah. Um, if you Don't want. forget to like, favorite, and subscribe, and oh. comment, and hit the bell, and buy a Ridge wallet, and use honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, that's a little free. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, if you want to, if you go for it. If not, you're just going to come back and watch if you care. And if not, yeah. then you're not going to. Okay. Indeed. Like, it's, it's just how it is. So, um, yeah. anyway, 
that'll do it for us for our, tonight. Our analytics have shown 95% of oh. our listener base isn't subscribed. Yeah. Let's get down to 100%. That's right. I used Ugh. to do that. I forgot. Yeah. I did that for a little while yeah. and I hate it. Um, I cringe. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. It's just one of those things. You all know yeah. how we feel about this shit. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch you all next week potentially thursday though i don't know if uh i yeah. don't know how fast i'll be if i get the apartment thing i don't know how fast it'll be and so i don't know if it'll change anything mm. i will keep you guys updated as much as i can through discord um yeah. so do uh, pay attention to that if you give mm. a shit if not yes. just wait for when it comes out on the on the channel itself you know mm. um but don't, not to mention your sponsors for tonight. Raid Shadow Legends. Yeah, there you yeah. go. There it is. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Khan. All right. <laughs> Let's get the fuck out of here, and you guys get the fuck out of here, too. Go yeah. on. Uh, Aiden, do we want to play any more Monster Hunter, or are you going to be good for the night? Nah, probably going to be good for the night. Okay, right. just figured I'd ask. Yeah. Go on. Get out of here. Uh, no. Yeah, okay, bye. 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 <laughs>